This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crange. Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. And we are live here on the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich Crange alongside, as always, the king of banter, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? As soon as you start, my mother calls me. Phone's like ringing off the hook. I'm like, the worst. Always the worst (laughs) Well, do you need to take it? You can go take it if you need. Absolutely not. Okay, it's a, it's, it's an irrelevant call. You're positive. Oh, I mean, I probably wouldn't answer anyway, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, but I, I just te- I just texted her and told her to hit the bricks. I said, if it's important, call Brittany. So that's not even call me back. Not even if it's important, call me back. No, I said I'm on the air. <laughs> You're that committed to this show. Yes. That if it was an emergency, you want her instead to go to your wife, as opposed to you stop doing the show for for a few minutes. You have to consider what she considers an emergency. That is true. Okay. All right. Is she, is, so she does, oh. does she tend to call for, you know, a news item that she, like, she saw something on the news and had to call you about it? Anything. Any, oh, okay. So, All right. Yeah. That's tough. Uh, so it's just, uh, it, it's one of those things where I know not, there's a 95% chance that this phone call isn't vital. So, um, yeah, I told her I'm on the air. If it's important, call Brittany. Blew her <laughs> off. You know, I got I got important work to do here. I'm, uh, you know, there's uh, there's uh, there's listeners to serve. Yes. And if it is, so, look, on the off chance, it's super important. Brittany will just come in a room and tell me, and you know, we'll go, we'll take it from there. So, <laughs> what's your what's your plan of attack if it were to be if if she comes in, you know, God, God forbid, and we, we of course don't want to do. Well, what, well, what's what's the level of emergency? Here? I, that's I, mean, I don't know. That you would have to decide. I um. Okay, so I mean, she's calling you, so obviously she's fine. So that's okay. I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean, presumably, right, so uh, maybe I, she might. Uh, this is a this is a way very morose way to start the show. But... All right, so you could knock that one off. There's nothing wrong with. Her, well, I mean, right? she could be so, like calling you from the hospital or something. You, you know what I mean, or en route to the hospital, right? I think someone else would make that call, right? Potentially, yeah. Okay, so let's let's work on the levels here. So, <laughs> level of emergency. Sure. If someone if someone was dead, how would I handle that? I think if it were someone close enough to me to necessitate TLB busting in the room to break up the show, um. I think you'd be running solo. I think that's fair. And that's a list of what? Um, like, I, cause I'm trying to think in my life, the amount of people. That's a list of, like, I don't know, six people, probably. Six or seven people. I think uh, probably, okay, total people that my mother would be calling me to tell me that they're dead, it'd be way less than six. So, okay, it obviously wouldn't be my mother. She can't call me if she's dead. But she would be on the list, but she's the one calling me, right? So, it can't be her. So, if it were... Her husband, yeah, I think I'd have to pack up the show and 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 deal with that. Sure. If it were one of my brothers, absolutely, got to pack up the show and deal with that. 
uh, one of my sister-in-laws, same deal. And any of the, well, maybe it is more than six. Then one, two, three, four. Yeah, you gotta you gotta think of like, yeah, it is. It's it's again, it's a, it's a pretty tough thing to think about. But yeah, you gotta think of of any sort of because you there can't are, you can't blow it off if it's like a Britney. You know what I mean? If she is like, oh my god, blank died, and you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> two and a half, two hours and forty five minutes, and I'll talk to you, babe. Like, make no mistake, if. Anyone on her side of the family dies, the show has to end. You know how that goes. Sure. So that, oh, that, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's. I was adding that into my grouping of of, of people. I was I was accounting for the yeah. nurse. You know, because that that will extend the, the the purview a little bit. Right, but my mother wouldn't be calling for someone. Sure. Oh, she I see. Wouldn't. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Right. 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 So it's my mother calling. So there'd be I count a total of six people where I would have to drop the show and go deal with it. But the thing is, every single one of those people, with the exception of one is under 40 years old. So w- the odds are very slim, which is why I can roll the dice and say, hit the bricks, I'm on the air, call TLB. You see what I'm saying? I got you. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, you know, other people like random aunts and uncles, or I don't think that's show ending, you know, because I'm not necessarily really close to those people. I barely know a lot of them. Yeah, it'd be different if you're – yeah, I'm sure maybe some people have some aunts and uncles they're really close to. I can't think of any – I'm kind of the same way. I mean it would it would definitely be something where I'd, I'd – you know, maybe have to take a minute or I might be a little weird uh, for a few minutes in the show. But I'm not I'm not closing the thing down for that. You know, you know I mean? Not in a yeah, – yeah, yeah, no. like but I'm not – yeah, I'm not like that close to, to, you know, that sort of extended family. Immediate family, of course, yeah. Thing getting shut down. Anybody, you know, but yeah, that sort of stuff I'd probably be like, eh. I'll, I'll call them tomorrow or something. I'll call them when I'm done with the show. You know, no, it's, it's it's not good. Like I don't, I'm not. You know, you know, it's not good. But you know, you know like listen, I got ten dollars subscribers here. <laughs> you know. I gotta, I gotta break down Shun Skywalker. Okay? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Dragon's Gate isn't gonna talk about itself. So you know. Right. So you know, some aunt that I haven't spoken to since 2013. All right. I'm a little sad, but we can get to that later. You know what I mean? Um. No, so yeah, that, yeah, and, and and other than that, other than the death of one of those six people, this is a tremendous breakdown, by the way. Um, you only can get this kind of breakdown here. <laughs> no one else is doing this kind of breakdown. Other than the death of one of those six people that I've counted up, I can't really think of any other emergencies she, she could tell me that would necessitate me. Okay, what if her house caught on fire and her house burned to the ground? I'd probably have to get off the show for that. I think that, yeah, I think you might want to say, okay, yeah, well, I'll, I'll talk you through your house burning down, mom, so... Uh, that seems, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, like outside of death, yeah, uh, house burning down. A um, that's about. What it, about right? a car accident? What would you do for a car accident? Pre- I need more assuming she's fine, you know. Assuming that she's like, hey, I'm okay, but just a little shaken up or or, or something like that. And, or and hit the bricks. We can talk about your. <laughs> We can we can we can talk about your dented fender tomorrow. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, Go to I, bed. If you wake up with a neck injury tomorrow, we'll talk. So that's what we can... right. As long as I, that's why I say I need more information. Everyone's fine. I got a show to do. Um, you know, we could talk about your you know ninety eight Honda Civic another time. I'm I'm not interested in that. Um, uh, so yeah, you know, uh, there's six deaths and a house burning down that I'd consider getting off the show for. I think can't really think of much else. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, think, put yourself in my shoes. There's really not much more that you would get off the phone. No, yeah. I, that's why I said, like, I had, you know, I, I in my head was doing the counting of, of, you know, people that would die that I would absolutely get off the show with. And that's, yeah, that's like, you know, six, I'd say six or seven. 
uh, uh, people. Truly, not as many as you might think. You know, it's less than you might think. Yeah, there's a few, but there's a few friends that like if someone told me like, "Hey, this friend died" or whatever, you know. Um, you know, I didn't consider friends, but then again, again, she wouldn't be making that call. This is why. Oh, I see. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got. It. I, I'm just talking about in general. If I received a call during a show. You know what my oh, numbers yeah, yeah, would yeah. be, but yeah, if, if if it was my mom calling, yeah, she's not going to call to tell me. You know, one of my friends died. Oh, let me make this clear. There's way more than six people where I'd be too shaken up to do. Oh, the show. okay, okay, all right. I'm just making sure we. Were I'm like, saying, yeah, I got you. You're saying in your <laughs> yeah. particular case, it's only like six or seven people. If your mom called, yeah, because I, I I was right. kind of like, yeah, it's pretty low. Show. <laughs> like, like, no, no, no. There's only six people my mother could inform me of where I'd be too shaken up to do the show. But there's more than six people overall where I'd be too shaken up to do the show. Just to be clear, that makes sense. Because she wouldn't be calling me if, you know, anyway. <laughs> a fucked up topic. This is a pretty uh, terrible topic. Yeah, this is uh, um You know what it probably – but here's the thing. You know what it probably is? Like what size to the kids wear? I'm getting Christmas gifts. It's probably some bullshit like that. Like that's what she'll be like call me and it's an emergency like that's the because oh she's at the store right now and yeah she's looking at something and says hey what do the kids wear you know what size is he now you know type thing i've been down this road she's like well i'm on amazon right now so what size is and i'm like i really needed to stop what i was doing to to deal with this you know like i don't know the answer to that anyway i don't clothe them the mother does that you know so i what do i know i don't even know how sizes work for small humans like that so um you know, it's probably something along those lines anyway. And here's the bottom line. I told I blew her off ten minutes ago and I haven't heard back from So yeah, her clearly or... clearly it was nothing <laughs> too important. Uh is she yeah. aware of, of your recording schedules at all? Like does she care? Because I, I think like my mom knows. Like she'll she'll say, Oh, I'm sorry, like I know you're recording today, or oh I you know, I'll, I'll leave you alone. I know you're recording it. You know, is she cause that might have thrown her off too. Uh, I call it on a Wednesday. Um, she has no clue. Okay. Like she's, she's I, not I an avid listener. Her... She doesn't Pop over to VoicesOfWrestling.com and listen to the old flagship? No, she listened to Lands Unfiltered once when I told the handjob story. Ooh, that's the only time she ever uh, listened. I mean, she knows who you are, um, though, right? She, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's no surprise. Not, like, you know, it's not embarrassing She raised all. you. I mean, uh, she can't be too ashamed. Yeah. So. No, no, no. She uh, – no clue of the recording schedule. And if I told her, she wouldn't remember anyway. Like, okay, let me, let me test this. The last time I saw my mother and went to her house um, – she made me a sandwich and put mayonnaise on it. Mm. And and you know that I don't eat mayonnaise. How does my mother not know that? Like, you know that I hate mayonnaise. Rich Creech knows that I hate mayonnaise. Right, I would never put mayonnaise I, on your sandwich. So. I bet you there's a good portion of listeners who know. <laughs> that would never put mayonnaise on your sandwich, yeah. Oh, Joe Lanza, he doesn't like mayonnaise. My mother, who fed me for fucking 18 years, uh, puts mayonnaise on my sandwich. And then when I say, Ma, I can't eat this. You know I don't eat mayonnaise. You love mayonnaise. So that's what we're dealing with here. I could tell her the recording schedule and she'd have no clue anyway. I so. think that might be a I, I that might be a parent thing too, because my, my my dad in particular will put onions in everything. He loves fucking onions. He likes putting onions Rich, on things. I, I know I know you hate onions. Yeah, you know I hate onions and he and he'll make something and I'll say, Wow, there's a lot of onions in here. He goes, Well, you like onions, right? I'm like, no. I've never ever once in my life liked onions. Ever. From the moment I was able to tell you what I like and don't like in food, I've hated onions. And yeah, so now Michelle does the same thing, but she just doesn't give a fuck. She just goes, "Well, fuck you, I want onions in my thing." And I'm like, "All right, well, whatever. <laughs> you know, I'll work around it, then. that's okay." But like, you know, when uh, you know, you, you assume that the parents would give you a little bit of leeway and say, "You know what? Rich doesn't like the onions. We'll, we'll we won't put the onions in there." I'm an only child too. I don't feel like it's not that big of an ask. You, you know, it's not like you know the rest of the family loves onions. It's you know, 
like, it's just me. But if you came over to my house and I was making my like uh, uh, tomato sauce, I would know not to put onions in it that day. But your father doesn't even know that, so which is weird. So maybe you're right, and it's just a parent thing. But the thing with you, there's no other kids to get mixed up. You're an That's what child, I mean. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's not like, you know, I have three other siblings and they all adore onions. They love onions. I'll eat them raw. You know, like it's like pretty like you make right. something for one of your kids and one of your kids doesn't like onions. Like it, it, it seems like it's pretty obvious, but um, maybe it's a flavor thing. I don't know. Because like, yeah, the, the, the nurse does the same thing. She's like, well, we need to have the onions in here. I'm like, do we, do we really, though? I mean, are they an essential part of well, this she- recipe? And, and they're not, but they, you know, whatever. It's fine. I eat around them. Well, she wants the, she wants the onions, and she doesn't care what you think. Pretty and much, yeah. That's just the end of it. Yeah. So you, you, she's like, you can pick them out because I want the onions. So that's what's going on there. I had a distant cousin when I was a kid who you just eat an onion ugh, like an apple, ugh. just bite into it. God. Absolute psychopath. That is. I mean, yeah. that's 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 psychopath behavior. Okay. I like yeah, a is little he in jail yet, or, or what? What does yeah. this man do? He has to be in jail. I mean, what? <laughs> right. Where else? Anyone who bites into an onion, they have a long future of like burning down houses. Yeah, they need to be institutionalized for sure. Yeah, that 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 can't I mean, continue. That's a tip off. So what? So what, okay, hold on. So he would get like the like a, a, a yellow, like a normal like white or yellow onion. Would he, he would peel off? I'd assume he'd peel off. Obviously, the the outside, right? It wasn't biting into the skin. I mean that. I mean, it would make the story better, but I cannot <laughs> yeah, I tell. Wish, I kind of wish it was, but I'm um, I'm glad that that's not true because that that's even more. Then I I'm positive that man's murdered and will murder again, and I'm I'm thinking he might be a cannibal at that point. But so so he'd peel the skin off and then just grab a and just go just go at it. Would he eat the whole thing too? He, he was like 10, 11 years old, and we I I'm this is like a distant like third cousin deal. Maybe saw him twice in my life, but he was like 10, 11 years old, and we'd go over the house. And he would peel – the mother would peel it, and he'd walk around like it was a pear or an apple. And he would just – he would eat the fucking onion, like a standard yellow or Isn't white or whatever. This a child? This is like a yeah, child? Like 10, what? Yes, like 10, 11 years old. Oh, he yeah. He's murdered onion. before. Yeah, he, he's, he's a cannibal. He's got – he has body parts in his fridge for sure. I remember my father was like, what the fuck is that, <laughs> right? And the – and and the kids. Like, wouldn't you, oh, as a parent, just like not, you know, you don't allow that to happen. You just can't, you just say no. You can't eat an onion like an apple. I'm sorry. No, she was like, oh, Salvatore likes onions, <laughs> and it's just like, well, all right. I mean, it's fucking weird. I don't know why you're encouraging that behavior. Like, there's some things where if the kid wants to eat it, maybe you should just be like, no, here's an apple. Right, eat right, right. Like maybe tell them don't like, do that because like at some point they're gonna go out to the real world and that Salvatore is gonna have a girlfriend over at his house. He's going to walk over to yeah. a bowl, <laughs> grab an onion, you know, toss it up and yeah. down a few times, then just bite into it, and she's going to leave immediately. So, Shine it on his shirt. <laughs> right, Yeah. That little move. Do you shine your fruits on your shirt? Do I don't do, do it on the shirt, no, but I, I have been known to do it on, like, a paper towel or, like, a dish towel or whatever. I, why? I have no idea. There's no need to do it whatsoever, but... Uh, it's just what you know they do in the t- in, in in shows, you know, TV shows. They always do that. So yeah, they, you got to shine up the apple on the shirt, you know, and then take a big bite, you know. Don't even think of running it underwater and washing it off. No, you got to shine that fucker on your shirt. That's how you get things done, because your shirt's really clean. Yeah, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> your shirt hasn't been out in the in the filth all day long, so it's good. You know, you're just wiping more germs onto the apple. So uh, maybe this kid had it right. At least the, the onion was protected by the skin. You know, the onion was <laughs> sure clean. right, right. Salvatore actually, he's, he, he's playing chess. We're all playing checkers here with his uh, 
Raw apple. So would he eat the entire onion like till it was gone completely? I mean, I don't have like. <laughs> you just remember your dad being like, "What the fuck is up with this kid?" Like, exact word. Yeah, like, yeah. What the fuck is going on? Like, you know, my father was like a Italian street guy. He didn't speak like an educated man. He'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" He's like, "What is going on?" So, like, whoever this cousin was of his, you know, that's it. And the mother, yeah, oh, Salvatore loves to eat. I'll never forget that day. You know. <laughs> We went over like one other time and and the whole car ride over, I was like, dad, is that kid going to eat the onion again? Like, because how can you forget about something no, you like that? You, you know, I don't think he was eating the onion the second, but that he, he ate the fucking onion like a fight. And I'm, and I'm expected, I'm, there was around the same age. So I'm expected to like hang out with this kid, you know, and, and play with him and stuff. And I was freaked out by it. His breath must have been horrendous. That's, I was, that was going to be my next question. It's like, you also need to stop that habit because, yeah, his breath is going to be just absolutely disgusting. Like, it's like eating, yeah. just like walking around like popping garlic in, and just like eating it, you know, you know, that's, it's <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like taking the skin off and just popping it in like a, you know, you got a, a, a lip, like a, you know, some chewing tobacco or something. You just got a piece of garlic down there. It's like, uh, yeah. Flipping it into the air with your thumb. Yeah, right, right. A, nice, a whimsical catch with your mouth of the onion clove, right? I'd rather eat garlic clove. I'm trying to think. Yeah, clove. actually, that doesn't sound like, that bad. I mean, it'd be a rush of, of, of flavor. It'd still for be sure, too but... strong. Don't get me wrong. Like, like sometimes you're eating a meal and even a big chunk of cooked garlic will catch you off guard. And you're like, oh, that's that's potent, right? But it's like it. I would rather eat a clove of garlic. Like, all right. So if you had to eat a whole bulb of garlic, let's make it a bulb. To okay, make so it the whole fair. the whole bulb. Okay, you got to eat the whole bulb and no swallowing whole. You got to give at least a couple chews, a couple chews on each bulb on each bulb of the of each clove of the bulb. Okay, or eat a whole onion just like an apple. I mean, I would do the garlic. The Wouldn't garlic you do for the sure, garlic? absolutely. It's not even a hard decision. Like the onion is just too much. I can't even cut onions without tearing and crying to this day. And I cook every day of my life. It's just I couldn't imagine eating one like that. It's horrible. Yeah, that's the other factor, too. It's not just like the, the to me, the horrendous taste. But, yeah, also the fact that, like, when you're biting into it, yeah, like, you know, no one thing when you're cutting them, you're starting to, you know, cry and the, the, the smell. And it's there's a lot going on. There's just a rush that goes on when, when, when you know, you cut an onion or, or, you know, eat a raw onion. I just can't even fathom the Salvatore kid, but uh, what a weirdo. It's not good. Salvatore, I'll never forget. I haven't seen him in probably 30 years, so. He definitely loves the fiend, right? He's I a mean, fiend guy. He's probably talking shit about you on Reddit right now. So. He's either in prison because he's an onion eater, but the thing about him is, should I even get into this? Like, there's other reasons he might be in prison, oh, okay. too. Like, All right. yeah, yeah, I mean, his, you know, his old man wasn't exactly, uh, you know, squeaky clean himself. So. <laughs> Sal Sr. wasn't exactly the... Uh... <laughs> nah, you know, you know, the, you know, the family business wasn't accounting, okay? So it's just... Uh, it was construction, right? You know, it was construction. It was in the construction yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. Something Contractor. Like he was a contractor. That might have been a subcontractor, yeah. Might have been a... Uh, Humble subcontractor with a uh, in-ground pool and a and a theater in the house and you know that, that kind of so this you know Salvatore no last names of course we can't you know no last names yeah nobody's gonna be able to find a Salvatore from New Jersey so it's, you're you're oh, pretty clear you're, you're pretty okay in the clear there because there's somebody googling ah Salvatore New Jersey and yeah I don't uh, I don't yeah. think that's gonna work yeah good luck with that yeah have fun with that Google search but uh, I don't know that's my cousin Salvatore who ate go. onions Salvatore the onion which, eater yeah. 
which won our poll today for what topic <laughs> for the onion offered. eater yeah who, who, who could forget so <laughs> big sally the onion eater he wasn't a fat kid though i wish he was because you want to someone named sal you want to call him big sally you yeah just, oh yeah yeah that'd be awesome yeah he's just got a giant ass belly he's just fat as fuck you know what i mean like just you know he's he's 11 yeah. he's already grossly obese but he'd be awesome he'd have like a nice little hat on that you know honestly if he was like a, a big old fat kid i would love that he ate the onion I wouldn't yeah, think it's weird but, at all. I'd be like, ah, fucking Big Sal, let's go. <laughs> you know? Again, I could juice up the story and tell you he was fat, but I can't. You know what I mean? It's not the truth. But you you, you want to be able to call a Sal Big Sally, and you can only do that if they they look like Sal E. Graciano. Yes, that's exactly. I'm, I'm exactly envisioning facial hair and all that this 11 year old looks like Big Sally Graciano. He's <laughs> just you know. Yeah, or if they're like comically small, you can call them Big Sally. Those are the only two times. You can get away. This was just an average sized 11 year old. You know, you can't call him Big Sally. It doesn't it, it doesn't work. But uh, but if you if it helps the story, any people can picture him as, you know, the future Big Sally Graciano, yeah, like sweating we, profusely all the time and stuff. That'd be, that'd be much better. Turning <laughs> red all the time. But, you know, <laughs> the, getting blown up, just walking to the <laughs> right, ring. Yeah, but, yeah. But to be fair, he always had little Guido up on his shoulders. So he's got a 180 pound man that he's carrying to the ring. Um, but that's way too much analysis on why Biggie Saliano, Biggie Graciano was blown up. <laughs> was blown up. I think he was blown up because he was but, <laughs> yeah. the four hundred pounds. Yeah, I'm sure that yeah, the five hundred pounds on his frame and the gross obesity was probably uh, why he was blown up. But I like your idea as well uh, for Big Sally Graciano. I, I love yeah, classic. That's what I meant. Like when we talked about Ter- uh, Tracy Smothers, uh, you know, all those you know, a few weeks ago. Where, like, I didn't get the joke of FBI because when my purview of FBI was Biggie Sally Graziano bringing little Guido into the ring, and I was like, full blood Italian. It's perfect. Makes all the sense in the world to me. I, I didn't right. I didn't quite get the joke on the other guys. You know, you know, your Tracy Smothers, your your what was it, Johnny yeah. Smith or whatever. You know, my my reference point of FBI is clearly the most Italian men you could possibly find. A little shithead named Little Guido and a big ass dude named Big Sally. I mean that was my purview, so that's why I thought it was like, yeah, fully blooded Italian. It makes sense to me. I think you meant Tommy Rich, not Johnny Smith. But... Who was the other guy? There were... No, yeah, yeah. Tommy Rich. Who was the other? Um... Well, there was Herman the German from Hamburg. Yeah, Italy. not him. Who's the other guy? Uh, uh, early, early J. FBI. J.P. Smith. That's J.C. Smith. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very clear. I, I mean, I don't know, but I'm, I'm pretty sure not actually Italian, so. No, well, you know why J.T. Smith, who was a black guy, you know why, you know how the gimmicks, because originally it was J.T. Smith and Little Guido. Now, you know how that came to be. Maybe you don't. I'll explain I actually you. don't. Yeah, a little, little so, impromptu Joe if I were to remember here. So Okay, so you know that J.T. Smith had the unfortunate botch, which led to the very first You Fucked Up chest, yes, where yeah. he caught his foot on the rope and hit his head and had a giant-sized, softball-sized bruise on his head for the rest of the match. And got the first ever you fucked up chant. Well, that, that they turned that into a storyline where because I he remember con- this. Yeah. Tell the story. though. Yes. I do remember it, but it's awesome. The idea was he conked his head and forgot that he was a black guy and he thought he was Italian. So that's how the FBI came to be. He thought JT Smith thought he was an Italian guy because he hit his head on the concrete of the ECW arena floor. So there you go. 
Awesome. Yeah, JT. <laughs> That's, you know, a turning a negative into a positive. Perfect Paul Heyman there. You know, accentuating That's the positives, yeah. hiding the negatives. If something happens, you go with it, you work with it. Yeah, you know, great way to, <laughs> to transition, you know, the, the, the concussion into a real story there. But, uh, all right, let's get to the modern wrestling that we have to talk about uh, this week. We have plenty uh, to go can through we here. Just do, can we just do three hours of the Hall of Fame? Because I just – I want to do more Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame talk is great. Yes. And I just watched – Hiromu versus Despy, and it's just I wasn't annoyed at New Japan again until I watched that match and it's like I'd rather just talk about the Hall of Fame for three hours and just rip up the fucking run sheet and I know we can't do that but I mean we can uh, <laughs> it's up to you That's, I, you know honestly I, I if you really wanted to we, we could make the New Japan stuff like a minute part of this show because I've watched some of the stuff I've watched some of the matches it's not doing a whole lot for me either. I, I, I like the Hiromu Despi match a little bit more than you did. We'll talk about that when we get to it. Uh, and I liked Hiromu versus Ishimori a lot, but the rest of it is kind of just there. The World Tag League is just kind of there. I'm I'm kind of grumpy about New Japan as well. So I, it's up to you, man. We can just talk about how Tomori Ishii's great or something if you want instead. Well, I love the Hiromu Despi match too until Red Shoes took another ref until we had bump. A bump. Yeah. And Despi comes in with the chair and pounds Hiromu's leg and then beats him with the stretch muffler when. Red Shoes, who, for some reason, when he bumped into an exposed turnbuckle, it meant that he was unconscious for 10 minutes. So when he finally comes to, Hiromu's in the stretch muffler and he gives up. And it's like, it's every fucking match, Rich. And this is the problem. Here's the problem. When you do all this bullshit and all of your tight, you have all of your big title matches and all of your uh, main events on your major shows and in your G1s and everything – it's like then when you do it in a match like this, it's just so overdone and you're even more annoyed when they do it. It's like maybe if every single IWGP title match this year wasn't filled with this bullshit, okay, a finish like this would get over. And we'd come on the show and say, oh, Despy, what a crafty devil. I hope he gets his the next time these two men face each other. But no, the problem now is the heat's not on Despy. The heat's on the promotion. Because they can't have a main event in this company without doing a ref bump or a run-in or a ref bump and a run-in. And they just can't give us clean finishes anymore. Why can't Despy just beat Hiromu? Yeah, especially in like a, a best of the Super Juniors tournament or, or whatever. Yeah, it seems like so – just like it, just make him do the win. Like, you know, just have him get the win. And, and you know, a lot of people – you know, we'll say, well, you know, you, you know, you have to protect Hiromu and all. And no, you don't. It's just Despi beats him, and now you know they have a match later down the line or whatever. You know, and Hiromu gets his revenge or whatever. Yeah, that's how they used to do this. Like the booking, you know, they used to do that stuff. And 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 I'm I'm with you. I, I'm absolutely with you. It, it is, it, it is completely overrun the company to to absolutely to its detriment. I I mean, I, there might be somebody I don't know who the hell, but there might be somebody that enjoys this shit, but. Uh, uh, it's certainly not me, and 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 yeah, it, it is. It's becoming more and more difficult to kind of get into uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I mean, maybe that maybe we'll kind of wash that off uh, in in twenty twenty one. Maybe we'll be able to wash it off. Yeah, it's it's just bizarre. I, it is it is tough to really get into the company, and 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 you know there is, and I have seen this as well, and 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 I get it. It's a, it's a you know an okay excuse is oh well you know the the clap crowds the clap crowds yeah okay. But we're like, you know, six or seven months into this. You know, let's figure this out. These are not. This is going away either. Like, I, I'm also going to start criticizing them if, if, if you know, the response is, well, the matches aren't as good, or the moments aren't as good, or all this stuff isn't as good, all because of the clap crowds, or because you know people aren't there, or there's not as many people, they can't make noise. Okay, that's fine. 
that was fine for New Japan Cup when there was no fans. That was fine when we first came back. That was fine for a few things here and there. But we're, you know, a half a year into this now. Like, if you can't, if you can't adjust your booking or adjust your wrestling to the clap crowds, then I'm sorry. I got to grade you on that curve now. I'm done with the, you know, hand-holding or, you know, there's enough good wrestling going on with the same crowds that can't make noise. There's enough good wrestling going on with no crowds. There's a lot of good wrestling going on with, you know, crowds on a video board or whatever. And I'm not going to give, you know, I'm not going to, you know, give them bonus credit because, oh, the clap crowds. Now, you've had nine months now to, you know, adjust to this. You've had, you know, what, the, the, you know, the clap crowds have been, what, four or five months total? You've had, you know, nine months since the whole shit started going down in, in, in February and March? Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to give them, the, you know, the benefit of the doubt of, oh, geez, well, you know. It's hard to do it without fans, or it's hard to do it when they're they're clapping, or we don't know. Like, no, you got to adjust. Then you know, I don't I don't feel bad for you anymore. There was a time where I felt bad for the wrestlers wrestling in front of these crowds, but now it's up to you to adjust because this isn't going well, anywhere. This isn't on the wrestlers. This is the booking. It's and I don't think it has anything to do with the clap crowds. That's utter nonsense. There's other promotions that I'm enjoying just fine that have the same clap crowds or no crowds at all. I watch these Rev Pro shows and they're fucking great. And there's not a single fan in the building. Okay. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. AEW's facing the same thing with limited fans. Dragon Gate has the same restrictions on their fans as everybody else in Japan. And I'm enjoying those shows. It's the booking. Every main event in this company has to have this bullshit. Some, it, it just over, they've overrun the company with this. And again, this, this kind of finish wouldn't have bothered me so much if every single, if seemingly every single main event since this company has restarted, it was loaded with this stuff. If I wasn't inundated with evil and his bullshit uh, all summer long and, and in the last big main event, and it's just it's too much. It's too much. And now the heat is on the company. And, and, and I don't know. It's just New Japan continues to drift away from what I want in pro wrestling. And if this is what they're going to be moving forward, then I'm just going to have to take a step back a little bit. And, um, you know, you've been expressing this too. It's just I'm over it. There's nothing fun or entertaining about any of this when I watch these shows. These shows have become a chore because it's just uh, it's it's just it's just too much. And again, I've never expected them to be a pure, uh, you know, work great promotion with zero Western influence because they've never they haven't been that in this mm-hmm. in, no, no, no. in the last ten years. But it's never been to the extent that we're seeing it now. It's it's crazy. You can't be a heel in this company without having a ref bump in your match or having somebody run in. Uh, they can't just win clean, and, 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 and that wasn't always the case. Yeah, and the, and the thing that you always express, and 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 you know anybody that's watched American wrestling knows that once you just once it becomes overdone, it just doesn't mean anything anymore. It just becomes absolutely worthless, and th- and that's the biggest issue. Like you said, if if this was the first time someone's done this in months. Oh, the heat on on Despi would be like this motherfucker. What is he doing? Like, God damn it! Like, like he he needed the ref bump. He needed to cheat to do it. And 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 that's kind of honestly, you know, when 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 Jay White kind of moved up to the main event, that was sort of the heat on him initially. Was like, man, look at this chicken shit, you know, coming in here yeah. and interfering, doing all this sort of stuff. He is like, you know, one of ten dudes on the roster right now that can't win without knocking the ref down and doing all this sort of shit. So it's like, you know, the heat that he had initially and the heat that he you know worked with. Uh, initially a few years ago, and you can, of course, extend it to Prince Devitt many, many years back or whatever, and there's been a few guys here and there. There's obviously been some Bullet Club stuff, you know, here and there, but, like, yeah, the, the heat that Jay White used to have from doing that is, like, completely null and void because he's, yeah, he it's him, it's evil, it's Kenta, it's Tespi, it's it's everybody in this company. It's just a constant stream of, of, of ref bumps and interference, and it's just, you know, it becomes tougher and tougher to to break down the matches and break down the booking when it's like, I don't really, you know, 
I'm just going to watch this. I mean, yeah. who, you know, Despi, I, I like that match a lot. That match was really, really good. And it was just like, all right, this is awesome. This is cool. And, you know, I like the fit. I like the everything before the ref bump. And I liked everything kind of after the ref bump. But there's also this weird thing, too, where, like, you, you, it seems so worthless in, 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 in hindsight. It seems so ridiculous that that would happen as well. So it's just, I, I don't know. Because I, I like the match and I want to like the match. But at the end of the day, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, it's... If, if, if New Japan is going to present their baby faces like like invincible superheroes who can't be defeated unless the heels cheat. I have zero interest in that. That's WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sucks. That's what WWE does. That's how they present their baby faces. I have zero interest in and that. And that gets nobody over. I mean, we, we've seen that time and time again in American wrestling as well because, you know, the best thing you can do for a baby face is have them lose clean because then when they get their revenge, when they come back, when they actually beat that person uh, a- after, you know, losing clean or after, you know, getting bested on a certain night or whatever, it does nothing to hurt those people. It helps the heels. And when the face wins in the end, it feels a lot better, whereas everything kind of feels half-assed when it's all interference and ref bumps and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I was loving this match and then, the ref bump, and then I'm like, that kind of let the air out of the balloon, and I'm just like... I really like the finish, really? though. Honestly, the last few minutes of the... What, like, once we got past the ref bump, I thought it was awesome. Like, Desperado, you know, hitting him with the chair, putting him in the lock, like, doing that. So it was really cool. Like, that stuff was really cool. But it would have like... been great if we didn't have it for yes. every single main yeah, event. I agree. Again, that's my problem with it, because I do think it was well done. But enough is enough already. It's every big match in this company. And 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 that's what I don't want. I would have I wouldn't have minded this. Look, we have had finishes like this for the last ten years in New Japan, and we didn't complain about all of them. We complained about some of them, and others we put over as great booking and great. Fin- and we would have be putting this one over if we didn't have to endure evil all summer. At, you know, this has become this has become an interference company. Let's call it what it is. This is a promotion now. Where you wait around for the for the ref bumps and the interference in the big matches. This is what it is. It's this is no different than WWE from that standpoint. I know that's going to annoy people when I say that, but it's the truth. You gotta, you know, as a New Japan fan, look yourself in the mirror and admit what this is right now. It's a terrible year, and maybe they'll get away from it in 2021. I don't know. God, I hope so. But 2020 has been absolute dog shit since they've come back. And you know, and that, and and with all this shit, it's like I thought we wouldn't have to deal with it with these little tournaments we have going on. Now I thought we were going to get away with it and get a break. And I've heard a lot of people express that, like, "Oh, well, we've got a nice palate cleanser here with the best of the Super Juniors." <laughs> <gonna> nope. <laughs> and I thought the same thing. Yeah, I'm like, "All right, yeah. you know, going to get into it, you know." And and here we go. You know, Despy can't beat. Why can't Despy beat Hiromu? I don't understand. You set up a nice little title match after Hiromu inevitably beats Ishimori. And now Despy's got that win in his back pocket, which you effectively are doing anyway. But why not just do it clean? It, how does that hurt Hiromu in any way? Does Despy, you really think he needs more heel heat? You think we don't understand his character? I don't know. It's just, it, it just combined with everything else. It's too much, but I guess we're doing the New Japan. Now, I guess so, so. Yeah, thanks for the uh, Twitter poll there. <laughs> Thank you for voting Dragon Gate first. I, <laughs> yeah, we appreciate yeah. it. It's uh, uh, Salvatore eating onions, and there's New Japan stinks. All right, two topics down. That's right. There we go. That's right, uh, Rich. I know uh, you'd like to be updated the live view listeners as well. Anthony Edwards to the T Wolves as expected, and uh, James Wiseman to the Golden State Warriors. As uh, uh, you're one behind, Lamelo Ball. Lamelo Ball is a Charlotte Hornet too. So, 
Well, you must be on Twitter where they give away the picks. Yeah, Shams is, Shams is like yeah. five picks ahead, right? <laughs> ESPN yeah. is like, uh, looks like James Wiseman is a front runner for the Golden State, and Shams is already on like pick five at this point. So. Hey, man, I'm just trying, just trying to help you. Okay? Thank you. I Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I got the ticker going. I got you know, I got Shams on. Where'd Ball go? Uh, he's gonna go to Charlotte. He's gonna go to this. Uh, you know, Wiseman to uh, Golden State. This just reeks of like. I know that it, what you know it's not complete apples to apples, but this is like San Antonio just happened to be you know had be bad the year that Duncan was. In. Now this kid's not Duncan. Don't get me wrong, but you know to add this kid to San Antonio's lineup, and I, I watched him play for the little bit that he did play in Memphis. I mean, he looks like an app, but who knows? I mean, well, I don't know so if you saw, but uh, it appears uh, Clay Thompson may have uh, fucked his leg up. Looks like he. Uh, the rumor oh, going shit, around right really? now is that he tore his Achilles. So, oh fuck, well. So what do you think now? You know, Curry will be back, of course. Right, 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 right. So, so plays uh, an important role then. Who Wiseman? Yeah, I was gonna say he's, he's, he steps into a, a pretty big role right off the bat. Then he's so. not a Thompson like player. No, no, I no. Mean, yeah, yeah. This is a this is a front court guy. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that unbelievable. So so Thompson again. He could be dust two yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. Yeah, they said like it's a lower leg injury, but they don't know exactly. So. As of this recording, we don't know exactly what it was, but oh, we'll find right. out. Well, there, goes, yeah. there goes my Golden State Warrior. Yeah, rant. sorry. I didn't want to dash uh, him immediately. Throw that in the you're, you're right. <laughs> in um, a perfect world, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But uh, um, uh, All right, so these other two shows. That's the only – is that the only match you saw from today's show? Uh, that is it, yeah. Or, you know, actually, you know, today's show I saw – oh, man, what was the other – I watched uh, Taguchi and – who the fuck was Taguchi against now? How the hell am I blanking well, on it? That's the only match I saw from the show, so I don't know. Oh, fuck, um, I can right. pull it up for it. Hold yeah, on, pull up. They weren't for that good. They weren't that good. Nah, yeah. hey, listen, I can pull it up for you. I pull it up for you. Uh, Taguchi faced Ta- Taiji Ishimori. Okay, that center. was all right. That was all right. All right. Okay. So, and then Show versus Dookie was was actually pretty damn solid. I watched. that Hey, you too, watched so the watched, whole fucking show. I didn't dude. watch you Master Watto and Robbie Eagles though. I did miss that. So. Okay. Well, I could tell you that on the first show, the mix show that they did to come out of the gate, the Robbie Eagles Dookie match. Did you see that? It's I well did not. No, no. I do want to. I do want to check it out though. At some point. I mean, everyone's raving about um, Hiromu and Ishimori, which I thought was good, but it wasn't anywhere close to to the other match, to the last match that they had. Um, I thought it was okay. I thought it was like I don't know. It was all right. I really liked Robbie Eagles and Dookie. I mean, it, you know, it was a shorter match, and it wasn't. They didn't get. They got half the time, but Dookie has looked good lately. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Um, and Eagles just looked phenomenal in that match. I mean, he looked like he didn't miss any time at all, and I don't think he's really done any wrestling um, during the pandemic. So um, from that show, I thought Eagles' Dookie was notable. I really liked uh, – Hiromu Taiji Ishimori was, was really good. I just didn't think it matched. The the pile driver on the apron was a great spot. Did you see that match or am I uh, – Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. was tremendous. Yeah, I, I liked that match a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I really um, the match was good. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to come across like I didn't think the match was any good. It's just I didn't think it was um, as good as I, you know, some other reviews that I saw floating around. And as far as the tag stuff on night one, I thought, um, you know, Khan is the Empire guy as uh, Cobb, uh, as expected. He was the mystery partner, and they squashed Tanahashi and Tanare, which was great. I thought. That was the uh, perfect way to introduce that tag team 
And uh, I would have preferred if Tanahashi took the pin instead of Hanare, but they didn't have the balls to go all the way with that. I think it would have been even more effective if Tanahashi took the pin in that squash. Um, but, you know, that's fine. Um, Okan, though, I will say he kind of has – he's wearing trunks now instead of the puffy pants. I did see that. Yeah, I I don't know. I, you're very strong against the puffy pants. No, um, I'm – I'm very strong against the trunks. Oh, so that's what I meant. Sorry, sorry. You are pr- very pro puffy pants. Very strong against it. I I am not as um, crazy. I, I I don't mind the trunks, but I I w- I prefer the puffy pants. But I, I I don't mind the trunks. But you are you are very 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 upset about this, and that's fair. I'm not very upset about it. I just think he looks like he comes across like a much bigger star in the puffy pant, even in his entrance, like with the full hat and mask. And that whole outfit, the Mongolian outfit, he comes across like a much bigger star than he has in this tournament where he's coming out with just the mask, without the little hat, without the puffy pants. It's like he's wearing half the costume. And he doesn't feel like as big of a star like that. Now, is he going to alternate? Is he going to come out in the full Mongolian outfit for his big singles matches? That might be the case, and I think that'll be fine. But he definitely looks like more of being just a guy in the trunks uh, where he looks like a guy capital letters when he has, you know, that match, the Okada match where he came out with Will Ospreay and Ospreay had the three piece suit and Okan with the elaborate. I mean, that was, that was a superstar act all the way, both guys. And he just looks like a guy out there with Cobb, like, like he's half-assing it. So I'm still buying stock in Okan. I think people like Dave Meltzer are going to be proven to be very wrong. Um, I, I just you got to give. Listen, you got to give an act like this time too. He's had like four matches. Okay, think about Jay White when he was like four matches. Look, remember how awkward Jay White was against Tanahashi in the Dome, mm-hmm. and and his first few matches out. You know, it takes time to, to get into these roles. And I think Okan looks good anyway. I love those Mongolian chops. I run around the house doing those Mongolian chops <laughs> for the kids. I like a good Mongolian chop. It's been a while. You know, with Tenzan now, you know, no longer, uh, you know, as, as you know. As prominent as he was, we do need a you know a, a prominent Mongolian chopper uh, in wrestling. So I'm glad. Yeah, I, I I run around the house going hiya, and I get the <laughs> Mongolian chop to the kids like why, like uh, like uh, Okan does. It's fun. They they pop for it. You know the problem with the kids though, they won't sell. They don't sell. They don't. That's why yeah, I don't yeah. That's you know my my buddy had a cat that uh, he would always you know do wrestling moves to. And yeah, the problem with the cat is it doesn't sell. It just you know would immediately get up and and wait. He did wrestling moves to the cat. Just like you know, not, like he didn't like. Yeah, he just like power bomb the cat every so often. It was fine. The cat loved it. So no, but when I play with the kids, they don't sell. Like sometimes we'll get out the like the Nerf guns or the toys or whatever, and I'm like, all right, I can get into this. So we like build opposing forts with the pillows until TLB yells at us, right? And <laughs> yeah. and like uh, like we'll we'll play. But the problem is like if I shoot the boy, he doesn't sell. And I'm like, come on, listen, you got to sell or I can't play with you. And he doesn't understand what that means, of course. You know, but it's like if he shoots me, like I sell, like I'll die. You know, I'll fall over. I'll pretend that like my arm got cut off if he comes at me with like a machete or something. You know, it's like, but the kid doesn't sell and it's hard to like get into the play. So I I hand wave it. I'm like, I can't play with you. You got to sell for me if I'm going to play. You know, I don't like it. And they they don't sell for the I do the chops and they don't sell. You're going to have to lay it in thicker, I guess, maybe, you know. I gotta work a little stiff. Give him, I think, give him, yeah, you know, just let him. Yeah, like <laughs> what would Dynamite Kid do in that? You know, that that. That's yeah. right. If they're not gonna sell, I need to potato these kids and 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 force them to sell. I think that's what I gotta do. But um, but yeah, no, I think Okan has looked good. 
Um, and I think he's only going to uh, uh, get better. And he's one of the few things I'm still excited about in this company right now is watching the development of Ocon. And I look, I don't want to make this us or, or Joe Lanza versus Dave Meltzer, but he actually said that Ocon wasn't over in the UK. Is he nuts? Ocon. Yeah, oh. that's, <laughs> that's like watching one match, you know, five years ago or, you know, two or three years ago, maybe, but cause he wasn't, At, but no, he wasn't At not first, for the last two years. I mean, for the last year and a half. So it, it, it you know, yeah. however long it's been, I mean, it was like a very small window of time where he was horribly not over, but uh, yeah, maybe maybe five or six months at, at most. But yeah, there was a, a good year, you know, at least uh, of him being like pretty damn over uh, in the UK. So yeah, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. It's it, it it actually mirrors what's going on now. When people first got exposed to it, they were like, "What the fuck is this shit?" I hated it too. At first. oh, it was well, it was garbage. It was it was like eye rolly, laughably bad. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> it, it it was like partially racist. It was just it was all bad. It was all all bad, but. It's fuck. It rounded into form for sure. A lot of people seeing it for the first time now are like, "This is fucking geek shit." But it's the same thing that happened when he was in Rev, and eventually he got over huge. I don't know what matches Dave was watching if he thinks this guy wasn't over in, in Rev. That's just not true. The whole undefeated shit and then Lord Gideon Gray, um, you know, and he had a stable. There was a whole stable by the end. That's utter nonsense that this didn't get over in the UK. It absolutely got over. And if you follow, if you if you want to follow history. It's following the same path now where some people are like, oh, I don't know. But it's like that's how it was when he, when he debuted in England. So I don't know. I'm excited about watching this develop. If I end up being wrong, I'll be wrong. you know. But I, I don't think I will be because I think the company's behind him too. And the one thing I like about him is he's got the facial expressions, the mannerisms, and the promos down. His Twitter account is great. His promos are great. He says the right things. He, he comes across like a star. The stuff with the work will come. But his work is so unique. The single leg drop kick, the Mongolian chops, when he sits on the guy in the corner and crosses his arms. These are all things that are eventually going to get over. Okay? And people are gonna, are, you know, are gonna eat their words on this. I'm I'm really confident in this act uh eventually being a uh, a top line act. And it'll probably be a little different than what you're seeing now. It's going to evolve, it's going to shift, it's going to change. And maybe the change in his gear. Is part of that. I don't know. I hope he brings the more elaborate look back. I think he's going to – I have a feeling he's going to alternate. If he doesn't, this is one of the things he's changing. I don't think it's for the better, but we'll see. But that was the standout stuff from the first combined show. Um, the second show was – let me pull that up quickly. How much did you see off of – I saw nothing of that second show. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I saw nothing of that. It was just a tag show. I have a feeling you're probably going to skip all of those. I'm going um, to check in on some, but yeah, I, I tend to usually kind of hand wave to World Tech. Like it, it's it's a busy time in, in my real life. It's a busy time in the website. We're doing the New Japan ebook. Like I usually use my free time either, you know, watching great matches from the rest of the year, listening to music to just kind of focus or whatever. Uh, I just, it, it's hard to do World Tag League. And I used to be an avid. I used to be a watch every New Japan thing, and, and I've had to just hand wave the World Tag League. So uh, this works out perfectly because I'll probably watch the shows that have best of the Super Juniors. Uh, the joint shows, I'll probably watch both of the joint shows. You know, I'll watch every every match on a joint show. Uh, but yeah, a strictly world uh, tag league show, I'm I'm, I'm probably going to hand wave, and uh, unless I unless of course, like people say, oh my god, that match is you know got to go. What I have not seen that so far. I haven't seen any rave reviews for any of these world tag league matches so far. The joint shows, um, the first joint show felt like one of those early Clash of Champions that felt like it had 37 matches on it, and every match is like four minutes long. 
because it was just one match after another. And I was like, this is kind of cool. But then the back end, it's like, all right, does this show really need to be three hours and 40 minutes or whatever it is? It doesn't. Um, so it kind of got a little long in the tooth. Um, the match that people seem to like best from the, the second show is Techers versus Tanahashi and Hanare in the main event. It was all right. I mean, there's nothing to write home about. You're, you're a low-end Techers guy, for sure. I am. I am. I, I The thing about Techers is I keep trying to force myself to like them, and I've given up. I mean, the whole feud with Tanahashi and Ibushi, I thought those matches were fine. Now they're having matches with other people, and I think the matches are fine. The problem with their matches is if they have a 15-minute match, it feels like 30 minutes. When they have a 20-minute match, it feels like 40 minutes. I feel like their matches never fucking end. It's the same shit over and over. I just They're all right. I mean, I don't hate them, but I I definitely am. I'm probably the low man on that tag team. Yeah, I mean, they I, just don't do anything for me. Yeah, I, I, I totally get it. Like I'm, I think I'm a, I like them a little bit more than you do, but – the thing that I always get from them and the reason why I'm not as high on other people is I know what the act's trying to be. I know they're trying to just kind of be this like chicken shit dirt bag team or whatever, but they don't look like chicken shit dirt bags. You know, they're not my classic pro chicken shit dirt bag guys. And and I think that probably hurts it a little bit is I just don't, I don't buy into that as much. And, and, and I, I don't know. Yeah, they're fine. But like, I, I, yeah, a lot of people really, really like them. Like think of them as like a top tier tag team. And, and I like their matches. Like I think their matches are fine, but yeah, I, I don't like them nearly to the level uh, that that like you do, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, for some reason, I just don't buy into their 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 you know their match style all that much. It, it, it's fine, but it does kind of get long in the tooth for me, and I'm just kind of ready for it to end most times. So I just look. I, I think their promos are great, and I like the idea of them. Oh, on their paper. backstage stuff's incredible. Yeah, they're the best in the company at those. I just don't. The matches just they're, the matches just don't land for me. I mean, the matches are just they're all just aggressively fine. They're all three and a quarter stars to me. I don't know. I just. Um, they never reach those heights. I'll tell you who's busting their ass on this tour so far is Finn Juice. Juice Robinson. Oh, he tries like and, hell. <laughs> he tries so hard. Now, look, I'm over the guy in New Japan. He can leave New Japan tomorrow. I wouldn't care. He's hit his ceiling. You're not going to get anything else out of him. But he gets more out of these clap crowds than anyone else on the uh, in the company. I don't care if it's Naito, Okada, Tom. I don't care. He gets more out of these clap crowds than anyone in the company. And and they're clapping, they're stomping their feet. I mean, and, and it's constant with him. So he the energy that Juice Robinson has brought to this tour, I think, has been notable. I thought uh Goto and, and Yoshihashi versus the Empire was a good match. And the Goto and Yoshihashi won, but they got the old banana peel pin on a schoolboy and then kind of like rolled out of the ring and backed up the ramp WWE Raw style and mocked the heels in the ring. And it's like, that's another good sign for the Empire because they didn't eat anybody's finisher. They didn't get, you know, get, you know, beat in the center of the ring. They lost on a fucking roll up. And then they did the gimmick where, like, they were, like, angry about it. Hands on the hips, slapping the ropes, like, get back in here. Let's finish this the right way. So it's like, you look at little booking things like that. They don't want to beat the Empire. Like, they didn't eat a Ushiguroshi and lose. They didn't, you know, Ocon didn't submit to a butterfly lock in the center of the ring. <laughs> right, you know what right, I mean? Right, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's like they, you know, they got beat on a schoolboy, which are the little things you need to pay attention to sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, you know, I, am I going to sit there and be excited about watching these tag league shows? Probably not. I'll watch them until I just can't tolerate them anymore. Um, but the 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 the, the best of the Super Juniors. 
I'll stick with that all the way. Um, you know, and it's, uh, you know, the very little that I've seen of that, because I only saw the one match from today. You know, it's been fine. I mean, but I think it's very obvious to me, and I don't know about you, that there's a lot of juice missing out of this thing without Will Ospreay, without Shingo, and without some of the guys that would have been in it that are in the J-Cup. You have a feeling that your ACHs and maybe even your TJPs, maybe guys like Chris Bay, who knows? Yeah, Dragon Lee, of course. Dragon Lee would have been in it, absolutely. Forgot about him. Think about this tournament. You know, you're removing Dragon Lee, Willow Spray, Shingo. It's just, it's it doesn't have the same juice. I mean, it's Hiromu and a bunch of guys that are pretty okay is really what it comes down to. Um, I really like Robbie Eagles too, but it's like, and I like Despy, but they're not they're not Willow Spray and Shingo. You're and, missing, and yeah, you're missing your high end dudes. Like you got a lot of guys here that are gonna give you solid as fuck three and a half star matches. You, you know what I mean? Up and down, and that's fine. Like that's cool. Like a, a show who I like is gonna get, he's but he's not gonna top out the way same way you know a Dragon Lee is gonna top out uh, you know Master Wato again he, he fucking stinks but um you, you know Taguchi is 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 what he is like at this point I I don't think you know those and we talked about it when we were ranking these guys like you you can't bet against the Ryusuke Taguchi but like these it's, it's we're we're farther removed from like his real time when he would like blow the doors off uh, a best of the super juniors and just have an incredible run and and yeah like Robbie Eagles I like but you know how where does he really chart High, like his high end matches, I think, against a certain, you know, group of opponents, you know, he can have incredible, incredible matches. But I think most part, you're going to get just solid as fuck matches from him. Taiji Shimori is a guy who, again, with a very select peop- amount of people, mainly Hiromu, because Hiromu was fucking tremendous. Uh, you know, Taiji Shimori is going to have good matches. And then you got your Bushi, who he fucking stinks. And, and Dookie, who I like. But again, like, what do you, you know, like you're saying, your top tier guys, your oh my God, you know, what, how many of those matches do you really have in this calendar? Yeah, Hiromu and Ishimori, which we saw. I guess Hiromu versus anybody has the potential to do it. But, like, really realistically, Hiromu versus Sho, Hiromu versus Eagles, Hiromu versus Ishimori, and Hiromu Despy. versus Desperado are your, like, yeah, your, your only ones and where you can really them, say. And, and two of them are done. Right, exactly. So And it, it's like, and, and the, you know, Hiromu Despi was probably the, the best match on paper in the entire tournament. And we just saw it, and they, you know, we just talked about it. Um. But you're right. I mean, and, and if you add all those other guys in the mix, you have all those Willow Spray matches, all those Shingle matches, all those Dragon Lee matches. You know, you get ACH in the mix. You get excited about all. It's just a totally look. It's the circumstances they're in. It, it is what it is. But there's definitely less juice to this thing. Um, and you know, even you know, it's like even losing Kanemaru to some extent, you know, hurts things. Although you know, Uemura, I think is going to work hard, like, but and have good matches, but. His match against Watto was like two minutes long. I mean, that was, you know, that opened up the first show and and Watto squashed him. So, you know, you and Mora didn't even really, but I understand that was a 10 match show and the matches were going to be. He'll have, he'll, he'll have good matches, but they won't be the same level. Like you're not going to, like, he's not going to go to the limit with the guy and they might, they might do that one or two times, but he's still a young lion. You know what I mean? They still, he's not like, if he had just graduated from young lion status and was like on the come up or whatever, then yeah, you could have like an, Oh my God, he took, you know, Taguchi to his limit or, Oh my God, he took Ishimori to his limit. He's still a young lion though. They're not going to have him go 15 minutes with, you know, you know, you know, he's not going to go 50 minutes with Taiji Shimori and then just barely, you know, Taiji Shimori is going to squeak out a win. Like, they're just not going to do that. 
he's a young lion. So that 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 always puts a cap on. Like I like I like the style of the matches, but yeah, there's obviously a cap in terms of like top top tier matches. But I mean, I, at the end of the day, I think it should be a, a pretty easy watch to kind of follow this tournament because, like you said, most of the matches, if they're going to be those joint shows, are going to be pretty short and and it's best of the super juniors. Like it's solid enough. It's solid as fuck. Like I don't think there's any truly terrible matches on that. Uh, you know, really Bushi and Master Watto is like the one match that I'm probably like, ooh, I don't really want to watch that. But uh, for the most part, every other one I think has has a certain certain floor to it. It's just, yeah, the ceiling isn't as high either. I mean, we we may have probably already seen the best uh, with the two Hiromu matches that we've seen so far. And I, I don't know how many more, you know, truly great matches we're getting on this calendar. Is there a single tag league matchup you're dying to see? Oh, man. Um... No, <laughs> not really. <laughs> like every, no. not really. I mean, every team is kind of capped with something. Yeah. Taiji and Zack Sabre Jr. is, it is what, I mean, I like them, but again, they're, they're, to me, there's a certain cap to them. Evil and Yujiro, get the fuck out of here. Ishii, yeah, Toriano. It's like, ah, all right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that takes all the fun out of that. Uh, Okan and Jeff Cobb is a fun team, but again, like I'm going to go through this list and I don't really know if there's another team that I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to see. Those guys against them. Uh, I mean, I guess and really uh, for them, it's, and really for them, it's just to see how they're booked. Right, like right, right. I think you know, a match that sounds pretty cool. You know, Juice and Finley versus Goto and Yoshihashi. That one. Um... <laughs> Bad luck, Polly and Jay. No, I mean, I guess Tanahashi and and, and Hanare versus Okan and Jeff Cobb sounds pretty cool. Too. They already did that squash. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Like that, I'm trying to go off my list of like one, and that, that one's already done. Shingo and Sonata, there's always a cap on it because Sonata's in there and he fucking stinks. Uh, and then God, I wanna yeah. See, I want to see. I would. I was interested in how they book Hanare too. I man, that Okan Cobb squash really would have been perfect if Tanahashi ate the fall. I just, I, I can't get off of that. Um, but Hanare's still going to be the fall guy there, and I don't know. I just, I don't see a matchup I. That like, oh wow, I gotta see that one. There's not there's not one. Yeah. I mean I think my best one is unfortunately what did I say? Juice and Finn you know, Finn Juice versus Goto and Yoshihashi, and that's just like a match, you know. So yeah, I think I'm I think I'm gonna continue to be uh, skipping the uh, the world tag league, so Yeah, I mean I'll stick with it until I really just uh you know, until it gets to the point where I rather stick a nice pick in my eyeballs, I'll I'll just keep trying it. Um Folly and Chase Owens, unbelievable. Um, <laughs> Folly's in great shape, though, Joe. He's in great shape. I, you know, I'll tell you what. Evil and Yudro, they have had good energy in their matches. I'll say that. Um, the problem is I just – Evil's presence just annoys me. That's that's the problem with that team. But Evil and Yudro, the matches I've seen, they've had good energy in their match. Uh, they, you know, I saw them face, um, I think, Sonata and Shingo. Yeah, that's who it was. Um, and it had good energy, and and the Finn Juice matches have had good energy. Um, man, we're really reaching for praise. You really man. are, yeah. You might want to uh, just uh... good energy. Um, yeah, but that's those two tours. Uh, you want to update the points, or is it pointless at this? Is it too early for that? I, I mean, I have them um, here if you want. I mean, this is as of we're recording this on a Wednesday. Uh, Taguchi and, and Saber have four. Evil and Yudro have four, so they're tied at the top. Obviously, you, you assume Taichi and, and, and Zack Saber Jr. are going to be at the top end of that for uh, the whole tournament. And I guess I would say that I don't think Evil and Yudro, but I mean they're a team that might be you know in that mix until the final few nights too, just because of Evil uh, being in there. Ishii and Yano have two. Okan, Jeff Cobb two. Juice Robinson, David Finley two. Goto and Yoshihashi two. Tamatonga Tangaloa, you guessed it two. Uh, Shingo and Sonata. Two and then Tanahashi and Hanari and Bad Luck Folly Chase Owens both at zero. 
uh, for that. Yeah, one, it's so. like it's, in both of these tournaments, you know, the champions are going to face someone in the final. I mean, that's what we're getting here. We're probably going to get, well, maybe not. You know, the Super Junior, because it's Ishimori, and because Despi just won, maybe you get Despi and Hiromu, and then Hiromu beats Despi in the final instead of saving that match for months down the line. You could get that scenario in that tournament. Um, since why would you do Hiromu and Ishimori again in the final? Because then Hiromu has to beat him again. So you're not going to do that, right? So I just talked myself out of that. So what you're going to do is do Hiromu and Despi in the final so Hiromu could win the tournament get his win back against Espy, and then face Ishimori at the Tokyo Dome. So that makes sense, right? I think so, yeah. So, all right, there you go. Nobody has to watch the rest of this. <laughs> yeah, we're done. You're good. <laughs> it's, it's all worked out. And for the tag team tournament, the dopey tag team tournament, uh, you'll have Techers in the final against, you know, you just got to, you have to work out who isn't going to have a singles match in the Dome or who you don't figure to have a singles match in the Dome because that team will beat the Techers in this and then face them again at the uh, at the at the uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. So you can toss out Sonata and Shingo because you think Shingo will defend the Never. Um, so it's not going to be Fale and Owens. It could be Evil and Yujiro. There's no singles match for Evil. Yeah, on that's unfortunately as I see them kind of emerging from the top of the pack. And I initially when I was going to run down those standings, just kind of say, ah, oh, well they're up to the top now, but they might not be there. I mean, if you want something for Evil, if you truly believe that he's one, I mean, does he go from IWGP champion to like slumming it up on the undercard in a you know in a multi man tag? Like, I don't know, maybe, Goto, but I mean, it's possible. They're a possibility. Goto and Yoshihashi are a possibility. Sure, yeah, yeah. Finn Juice is obviously a possibility. There's actually a lot of options here. Ishii and Yano for sure. Gorillas of Destiny, obviously. The Empire Team, yes. Forget Shingo and Sonata. Forget Tanahashi and Tangaloa. So there's like six different possibilities to go with. Let's see if we can whittle this down. You'd have to think Gorilla's a destiny. Or they're the still my favorite. Yeah, they're, they're still my favorite for sure. You know, you can give Okan and Cobb something else to do in the Dome. They don't even have to wrestle. They could like corner Willow Spray or something. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't even be out of the realm of possibility that Okan doesn't even wrestle at the Dome. Um. Or, you know, they can get a third member by the time the Dome rolls around and be in the Dopey Never Gauntlet or something. So let's eliminate them. Um, Gorillas of Destiny and Finn Juice have to be the favorites because they're actual tag teams. Right, yeah, that's that's where Ishii and Yano kind of, I, I would probably drop them off my list. I, li- I like the idea, though. I've always said, like, Ishii, I think one of the things that they should do with him is link him up with, uh, uh, you know, somebody that's not Toriano, you know, maybe a, a, a Goto or something like that. And they go on like a little bit of a tag run or something like that, or, you, you know, to, to kind of propel those uh, tag titles a little bit. But yeah, Ishii and Yano, I mean, I think you could pretty clearly knock them off. Yano will be doing some dumb shit with the KOPW or he'll be in some dumb battle royal or something. Well, Ishii is so. also the six-man champ with Yoshihashi and Goto. Oh, that's so true. Do that. You're right. I always forget. Okay, so, well, there you go. Wipe those guys off the, the face so of the earth. Toss so toss out those two teams. Forget Goto and Yoshihashi. Forget, forget about the never. <laughs> I, how do I forget about the never six-man? How? So, <laughs> yeah. so they'll do the never six-man. Yano will do the king of pro. Well, king of pro wrestling resets, though. But he can do something. He'll be involved in it, I'm sure. I'm sure. So that leaves us with Evil and Yujiro, Finn Juice, and Gorillas of Destiny. So it'll be one of those three. Um, now you have to think who it makes the most sense to face a Suzuki Goon team. 
Bullet Club versus Suzuki Gun. I don't know how much sense that makes, but so that would eliminate those two teams and leave you with Finn Juice. But then what do Gorillas of Destiny do? Did they mm-hmm. just do the Because then they're completely with? worthless. They're like entirely worthless <laughs> whatsoever, which would be fine with me if they just said, all right, guys, bye. Like, we don't need you. Go away for, you know, a few months. But um... they could do Never Gauntlet with Hikuleo. They could do it with Chase Owens. Yeah, I still think they're um, the favorites. I know you're trying to convince yourself they're not the favorites, and I would love for them not to be the favorites, but I think they're probably the favorites. But you're right. I mean, Finn Juice is, what, a year removed from you know, winning this thing and winning the titles? So. I think you can find something for Gorillas of Destiny to do easier than you can find something for Finn Juice to do. Yeah. Well, no, I, I think it? you're right. And I, well, I think the other thing, too, is like, say, you know, I don't know. I, I have no idea what the travel plans are. I have no idea what the plans are or whatever. But you, this might be your only opportunity to use Finn Juice for a while. You know what I mean? Like, if, if, if you're going to use them in this moment, this might be a way to kind of keep them in the country for a purpose of, hey, we're going to, you know, you're going to win this tag league. You might win the titles. You could defend the titles. You could stay. Because otherwise, like you're saying, it's, 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 it's a lot of work to keep these guys here for basically nothing. So that might be, I, I don't know if that's influencing their decision whatsoever, but you know what I mean? Like if they're just over here, like, you know, I, I can't go see my family. I have to live in Japan for, you know, six months to do, you know, undercard tag matches. Like, I don't know. That doesn't really strike me as, as all that interesting where, you know, if you're in the mix, if you're winning titles, you're defending the titles, that might be some reason to, you know, keep them around. I, I'm, I'm going to, I've decided I'm going with Finn juice because I think I like the face heel dynamic. Oh, I do too. Yeah, I mean, I, I would much it's, rather have that than, than than God. So yeah, fingers crossed that you're right on that. I, I I hope so. But I think God will be relegated to the Never Gauntlet with insert partner here. You could do Fale, Chase Owens, Hikuleo. There's a million different ways you can go with that. And why do the heel heel match for the? T- yeah, okay. I'm going with Finn Juice. What do you think? I like it. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather that, but I, I still think it's God. God's still my pick. So. And evil, they're probably going to find a way to give him an important match, unfortunately. So, oh, well, maybe Sonata. He'll probably face Sonata. Because remember, they kind of set that up already. I would rather watch. <laughs> I'm trying to think of an apt. Who the. Why the fuck would I want. Could you imagine sitting there on January 4th? Yeah, in a, in a, in a third, uh, 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 quarter filled or whatever Tokyo Dome. Where people can only clap. At 3.45 in the morning, and I got to sit there and watch Evil vs. Yeah. Sonata. Yeah, in a clap dome with, with 22,000 people there. <laughs> that sounds like At 3.45. Hell, yeah. Sounds like a great time, doesn't it? How awful does that sound? I mean, it just sounds atrocious. It sounds terrible. Yeah, that's me walking over to the coffee pot and uh, <laughs> getting it going again. The, you know, get some espresso uh, uh, fired up and ready to go, so. God, that sounds awful. That does not sound good. Let's let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> For dear God. That's... What else are they going to do with those two domes? I mean, you're right. I got two domes, so yeah, probably. They, they, they have, they, those guys have no other match. That's probably going to be what it is. They're not leaving Evil off. He's a former champ now. He's not going to be in the Never Gauntlet. He's not going to. Well, that's that's you know what I mean. Be... Like that's why, like you, you can maybe realistically think of him as, as as you know winning the tag thing. I don't think he will because again, that's just kind of clunky and weird. And and there's things you can do with him, but like you, you don't go from being a champion and then three months later you're just like in the the the, the Rambo or you're in a gauntlet match or whatever. Like that's just he's he's pushed now. He's a push commodity. He's here to stay in some way, shape, or form, whether that's at the top of the company or whatever. But yeah, he's not just going away, and that's not just something that we forget about and look back on and go, oh my god, can you believe a year ago Evil was the champion? Like. I think he's there. Like I think he's in the mix. So yeah. you're getting evil three three forty five a.m. against Sonata with a clap crowd. Enjoy, Rich. It's a big time big time match. 
Big time match. Can't just waiting around. It's four twelve in the morning, and you're waiting for Dick Togo to pull out the girl wire. <laughs> they go. They're, they're definitely going to go like you know eighteen forty five at the match. You know it's going to be long yeah. as fuck. They're going to be uh-huh. whipping each other into the barricades and you know, yeah. like, Oh my god, let's go. Turn- Turnbuckle pads taken off. Uh, Sonata's going to blow three spots, you know, and, and then we're waiting for Dick Togo to pull out that wire and choke Sonata after Red Shoes takes a bump into the uh, exposed turnbuckle. We could just lay this match out right now. It's it's going to be I'd awful. rather not. Can we not? How awful is that going to be? <laughs> I don't like it. I don't want to think about it. You're getting it. You have no choice. No <sighs> say in the matter. That's New Japan, everybody. There you go. Well, thank you for voting. And that's completely, just a, like, reckless, reckless ignoring of, of, of the fan poll. So. Yeah. I think New Japan was below yeah. WWE this week on our fan poll. Which, by the way, like, again, like, you know, oh, they're, they're Joe and Richard Grumpy. They don't, I mean, it was fucking below WWE, I think, this week. Wasn't it? What? Was, Japan? No, yeah. no, it wasn't. Oh, no, it wasn't. It okay. no. no, no, no. Maybe, no, Survivor Series was second. Uh, that's right. what I'm saying. Look at it. That's we bad. gave the people we gave the people their third choice is what we gave the people because we hate our listeners. <laughs> um, oh, I want remember we uh, remember we mocked the idea of uh, Mad Mikey Nichols uh, coming in. <laughs> Why and, are you doing this to me? What what's going on with Mikey Nichols? Well, he he was supposed to be on this tour teaming with Cobb. Apparently. Oh God! So not only was he supposed to be on the tour, he was supposed to be an Empire. Oh. right. Because uh, unless they were going to hold off Cobb. From joining Empire, mm, maybe that's the turn, uh, or yeah, that's something that. Ha- oh man, that's Meltzer information. He because after we did our show, I read it like an observer from the week before, and he said that Nichols was supposed to be on the World Tag League tour, but he couldn't get in the country. And I think he said he was teaming with Bob. So, Mad Mikey. That's fine. Well, hopefully, he lost his visa. He <laughs> can't get back. I feel bad. He used to be really good. I used to like him a lot, but um... just wait for fucking T Bar to get laid yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, T Bar is gonna do something. Yeah, he's, he's T Bone, T Bar, whatever his name is. He's, slap, he's Slapjack, though, right? T Bag. No, sla- Slapjack um, is not. Who's Slapjack? Slapjack is Dijack, right? Rusty Trombone. What are these things? Uh, fucking. Who is Slapjack? Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bowtie. <laughs> uh, uh, Dirty Sanchez. The whole gang. Um, T Bone. No, T-Bar. No, I think T-Bar. Yeah, believe it or not, like you would think Slapjack would be Dijack. No, Slapjack, Slapjack is, Saint, is, is Shane Thorne. Yeah, Slapjack T-Bar is, 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 is the Jackovic. Yeah, yeah. And um, Destruction. What's her name? <laughs> Reckoning. Reckoning. And then um, D.O. Madden is uh, Ret- Retributor or what? what, what is he? Uh I don't know what he is actually. Now that I think about it, Mace, Mace, isn't it Mace? Is it Mace? It's Mace, yeah, because you, you made a Harlem World uh, joke a few weeks ago. Oh that yes, popped, I did. That popped yeah. me pretty good. Yeah. So, that's... yeah, Mace, right? So there you go. They um, they're still going great on Raw. Oh, it's yeah. going. Yeah, it's going swimmingly. Going. So. Have you ever watched a Retribution match, Rich? Because I, know... um, I have. Yeah, I actually have had the pleasure of watching one. Two, they so. move the camera even more. Yes. The oh, because it's it's wild. Yeah. They, it's, it's, these men yeah. and women who come out with entrance music on the, you know a sponsored yeah. show, uh, things get wild when they get in the ring and have a WWE professional uh, wrestling yeah. match. So yeah, things get a little wild. So. 
yeah, it uh, it sucks even worse with the camera bouncing all over the place when they wrestle. Well, I don't want to jump ahead. They're obviously in a huge Survivor Series match this weekend, so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spoil that when we get to our preview about the uh, uh, SummerSlam or Survivor Series. That's right. I say. So, I mean, you have a, 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 a you know a stable of five people, five on five Survivor Series matches. Of course, yeah, you can't wait to see you know what they're going to do in, in Survivor Series, but we'll talk about that when we get there. So. Um, I, listen, I watched a whole three hour and 10 minute yeah, raw. Nobody told you to do that. I don't know why you did that. Uh, I work hard. I, <laughs> I, I blow off emergency phone calls from my mother and I watch three hour raws you don't for that, the though. listener. Yes, I do. It's for the listener, Rich. I got to do it. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to jump ahead uh, to WWE. Let, no. Let's, let, let's talk dragon. I want some good wrestling. We, we need to cleanse ourselves with some great wrestling here. Uh, some some well booked wrestling, some some wrestling with a, a a real clear identity, wrestling with a clear direction, pushing young stars, uh, something you can get behind, and that is what Dragon Gate has given us. And the fans voted for it. Uh, the, the the Voice Wrestling flagship fans have, li- have have listened. They're into it, dude. Our Dragon Gate stuff on the website blowing up. People are interested in Dragon Gate like I have not seen in years. Like that. Hey, Dragon, hold on, hold on. Dragon Gate's doing numbers, huh? Mm-hmm. Big numbers. That. Wow. I was open the voice gate guys. You got Mike Spears and Case Low. They're getting a little big for their britches. You know what I mean? They're 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 they've been a little more puffy chested the last few days. They yeah, know. Yeah. Well, you know. They're, they're they're you know they're the A show these days. They think they think. I mean you know. I mean, I don't know. I it's more interesting than New Japan right now. Yeah. No, they're not. Yeah. They they, they definitely. Yeah. And it, it's being reflected in the website, like the the previews, the reviews. Uh, it is wild, and you can see the slow progression come. Uh, over the last few months, and it has in the last month just exploded. So that that is awesome. That is awesome to see because uh, it felt like yeah, for the last you know three or four years, you have guys like Mike and Case and 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 you know you and I that you know maybe tend you know cover Dragon Gate a little bit. Obviously, Mike and Case cover it like nobody can, and and I felt like they're kind of screaming into a void for the last like three years, and it sucked. And and and, and you could see some of the tension from that. You know, like the ah, well, this is you know this is kind of not great, or eh, it's a rebuilding period. But, you know, six or seven months ago, they were all in. Hey, this is turning around. This is getting there. You and I were kind of touching on it a little bit here and there, and it has all just kind of come together. So I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad in general that, uh, that that eyeballs are getting on Dragon Gate. And, and it's yeah, you can see it. I mean, you can absolutely see it in our website. You can see it in their downloads. You can see it in our, you know, where our topics are, what people vote for in the topics. It's all coming together for Dragon Gate, which is, is really cool. Yeah, there were some hard times, you know, especially right before – Going way back before Pac came back, you know, Pac coming back and having that title run really it's like reinvigorated them at the right time. And then Pac lost the title and left again and 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 things got a little rocky again for a while there for maybe a six month to a year period. But then once these young guys started emerging and uh, and really hitting their stride and now you got Shun Skywalker back. I mean, it's exciting because you're in on the ground floor with a lot of young, uh, good-looking wrestlers who who have a chance, uh, in some cases, to be great wrestlers, and in some cases, to be great wrestlers and be great stars. So, it's very exciting right now. And you know, I I didn't think the Kobe World Show was a great show, but I thought it was a a, a good show, a fun show, an interesting show. And they made the right call in the end, I think, with with Skywalker uh, winning the Dream Gate title. Yeah, let's go right to that there. Uh, we'll go to the main event. Shin Skywalker defeats Ata 
Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. I thought maybe build the Shun Skywalker a little bit more, maybe. But the right call is probably just out of the gates. He just does it. Establishes him immediately as a dude. Eight to lose not and loses nothing from losing this match. I mean, eight is a made man after this year. Uh, you know, beats you know Naruki Doi to win the title. Just kind of like runs ruckshaw over the company for for you know six months, six or seven months or whatever. He's the man. You know what I mean? Like, he's there. He's leading R.E.D. Like, he's going nowhere. This is not a demotion at all for Eita. Uh, but Shun Skywalker gets that big win, immediately establishes himself as a player and as a main event guy. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I I thought there was a scenario that would work with Eita winning it. But when it was all done, when Shun Skywalker just fucking beat him in the middle of the ring, too. Oh, my God. The finish was – it just – it wasn't – you know, again, it was no great shakes. It wasn't an incredible match. But, man, it's just a perfect finish you can sink your teeth into. The dude just – beats this guy you know what i mean this red guy he tries all the the tricks all he tries everything that he could do and it just doesn't fucking work and shun skywalker the returning guy who you know had had been you know not necessarily wrong but kind of passed up for years and years and years had seen all of his classmates win titles before him had seen you know former teammates win titles before him had been sent away to mexico and just kind of lingering doing nothing he just comes back and he just proves i'm better than you and i'm back and i'm the fucking champion now it's just it's God, it's so nice to just have that happen in the middle of the ring. No bullshit, no ref bump, you know what I mean? Just He beats him, one, two, three, he's the new champ. It was just a, a really cool moment. Match was fine. Match was, you know, not, not, again, not, I'm not really going, like, match of the year level nowhere near that either. I, I'm probably at about four stars flat. I, I, I actually don't know your rating. But, uh, you know, good work between the guys, and, and, and they, didn't, they didn't do... They didn't go over the top in, in terms of length, too, which is another thing that I really liked about this, you know, current run of Dragon Gate is, you know, this main event match goes 20 minutes, just over 20 minutes, and that's exactly what it needed to be. It didn't need another 10 minutes. It didn't need another 8 minutes of back and forth and a bunch of kickouts or whatever. It was exactly what it needed to be uh, at, at 20 minutes, and Shun Skywalker gets the definitive win and uh, establishes himself as, 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 you know, the main eventer and, and the biggest baby face in the company, too. So it's really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, I you know, it was the right call. I thought he should win last week, and then um, there was no reason to fuck around and, and and have him lose or struggle to get to the top. He looked great coming out at the previous uh, show, uh, you know, so he wins the title here. It doesn't hurt Ata at all. Like you said, it doesn't hurt him at all. And then Ben K coming out to challenge him, and that's going to be the final gate match, and I think that's a bold move, and that's the right move. And you got these two guys who are linked together, and um, they're going to have a match for the title on the biggest show of the year to close out the year. Yeah. So yeah, two f- uh, former tag team partners, and, and again, he's yeah, the guy that you know, even in the build up, and and Jay did a great job uh, as well. If you listen on English commentary, talking about how important it was for you know Shun Skywalker to get this win because you know him and Ben K team, they talk about how you know oh we're going to go the highest of highs, and and Ben K just fucking passes this guy up. He he's the top guy in the company. He wins the title. He defeats these guys, and Shun's just kind of like. In the mid card, in the lower card, and then he goes off to Mexico while Ben K still having you know great moments and great matches or whatever. And it was it's super important to establish Shun Skywalker right out of the gates here, and his first opponent is former tag team partner. So there's some you know immediate tension between those two guys, uh, which is really cool because it, it's it's you know it's a babyface babyface match. It's two you know good guys facing one another, but yeah, the, the tension is there no matter what. Of hey, you know we used to be tag team partners, and now you know I want to take your title from you. So it, it's cool in that sense. Yeah, so and and I really don't even know where to go with a prediction there. I think Skywalker should win that. Um, yeah, I you know when 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 Ben K came out, I went, oh no, Shun Skywalker just kind of a transitional champion, and I maybe I mean he might be, but I would not do. I, I think that does way more damage if he comes in out of the gates. That that does damage to everybody. It does damage to Ata. It does damage to Shun Skywalker. I think he's got to go out there and he's got to beat Ben K. 
on that first night. And and, and if, if the ultimate goal is to get it back to Ben K, you can do that. You have time to do that. But now would not be the time. I think that's a really, really uh, – it would be a really poor decision, I think, to go right back to Ben K. And, 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 and I think that just punks out Shun Skywalker a lot. That just makes him seem like a, you know, a, a brief transitional kind of paper champion for, for a month or so. And that's – I don't love that. I don't like that at all. Not even a month. Yeah, what, two weeks, right? Jesus. I yeah, think yeah, because weeks. of the weird schedule, because of the COVID. Yeah, everything's bunched together. But it's like you can't. Yeah, I agree, and it doesn't hurt Ben K. Or you, whatever you do there sets up next year. So you know, it, it, I almost don't want to untangle it and figure it out. And I want to see how it plays out. And obviously, Ben K is going to have a million other cracks and and at that title and a, and a million other uh, chances to hold it and will hold it more. Um, I was team Ben K's new haircut, but I'm off of that team. I thought it's he like too a- much. Yeah, it's, he's got to get a cut a little bit. He's got to get it trimmed a, a bit. It's why little- does he have Bam? Why does he have Bamba bangs? Yeah, it's too it's too shaggy. I know. I I I butted up against you when you said you liked the hair. I was like, all right, but it, it's it's I want a clean cut. You know, I want him to you know look like a can't go into a business meeting with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you gotta no, I, gotta tighten that up I, a little bit. I the shaggy. I have no issue overall with the shaggy hair, but you gotta tighten up a little. I can't be. I can't be. You know, I can't be covering your eyes. It looks like you know he just got out yeah. of bed. I, I, I can't can't be yeah, that. Yeah, no. He he looks like he's being recruited to play quarterback at Alabama. At Hoover High. Yeah, he's a Hoover yeah. High graduate. So. Yeah, that's what he looks like. You know, he, yeah, it's too. He's too, too Greg McElroy. A little too much Greg McElroy for me. So. Absolutely, way too much. Greg. Everyone's googling that now. Because they have no clue, but yeah, that's absolutely what it is. It's too much. He's got to cut that hair off his forehead. I'm not a big fan of hair on the forehead. I get, cut it off the. Forehead. Oh my god! When my hair oh, hits my forehead, I'm just oh, I can't even. It's done. Yeah, yeah. I hate it. I hate. But, I hate uh, long hair. Ugh. You know, Dragon Gate. They they switch up their looks a lot in that company. So uh, he'll have 19 more haircuts in the next. Oh, for five sure. Years. Well, I mean, fuck. He, he changes like, his physique every week too. So it's like. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, oh, even a whole lot was like, Whoa, <laughs> did you see when Ben K came out? Going because, like, uh, a week thing. ago, a week ago, he was like a little puffy, you know, he was, he was big, but a little puffy, dude. He was like cut like a fucking <laughs> kind of granite, <laughs> even a whole lot's like, How does he do that in one week? <laughs> it's like, Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> diuretics, I guess. I don't know, like, yeah, it's uh, I don't know if I'd be pointing out anyone's rapid growth on the roster like that ho ho you know he's an innocent boy he no doesn't he doesn't understand. know yeah to him and that's why I lo- that's why i love about a whole lot because he's just like whoa what the hell happened to ben k like last week he didn't look like that it's like yeah yeah i know <laughs> and jay in the movie is just like well he's uh you know a man who cares about his body type stuff so yeah yeah it. yeah he's he's an innocent boy what yeah, can you do uh, that's, that's why he's uh, great so Looking forward to that though for sure at uh at Final Gate. The match itself, look, I thought it was a good match. I didn't think it was a great match. Um, the one thing I'll say about these Dragon Gate uh young wrestlers and these shows lately are I think there's a lot of good. I don't think there's a lot of great. And that's not necessarily me complaining. You can see that these young wrestlers all have the tools, and there's so many guys with amazing upside. Um, but they're not out there having match of the years right now. And I'm not saying they should be, but as a viewer, you like to see great matches and, um, we're getting a lot of good and not a lot of great. So if you haven't jumped into Dragon Gate, don't expect like a bunch of four and a half star matches when you watch these shows. Um, none of the matches are bad. All of the matches are, are good. The floor is high. 
it's a different a style too, uh, and and this is something that I think Case and Mike and on, on, on the Voice Gate and obviously in our reviews as well. Case did the review uh, for Kobe World. The style of the company is a lot different than what it was. I mean, the days of Yoshino and 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 Doi bouncing all over the place, and Yamato doing you know twenty different moves and kicking out and all like though that that sort of style. These guys, these new guys coming up, don't work that sort of style. That that's just not. I mean, if you're expecting. "Quote unquote Dragon Gate style," or you know, you know Shingo versus you know Mochizuki, or you know Ashima. You're not getting those kind of matches, but you are getting hard hitting matches. I mean, these guys beat the fuck out of each other now, which I never in my life would have thought Dragon Gate would be the promotion where guys are just kicking each other and punching each other like crazy. I mean, they're they're you're absolutely right though. They're getting like. I'm enjoying the hell out of the matches. I think they're really, really fun matches. They're just not those matches that, like, you know, back in the day you'd watch Dragon Gate and rip your whole, you know, match of the year list up. Because a Kobe roll would come out and, and there'd be three matches on that show. You know, the, the, the you know the Brave Gate match would be fucking incredible. The, the the Dream Gate match would be fucking incredible. And you'd probably get a Twin Gate match that was awesome as well. And you're like, motherfucker. Like, I, I, I you know, back in like 14, 15, you know, th- that era, you know, half my match of the year list was, was, was Dragon Gate matches. Because they were just on that level. They're not on that level anymore. And, and these wrestlers are not those kind of wrestlers. And I think they are working a semi-different style uh, as well. And and, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not complaining either. But like you said, it is not certainly... The company of you know match of the year contenders like it, it maybe had been in the past. Yeah, and and it, 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 and that's again, I'm, it, it's it's not so much as a critique as as just what it is. I mean, I'm not saying that they should be going out there, um, you know, and and doing anything different than what they're doing. And you can see the veterans are really um, um, sidestepping out of the way of a lot of these kids and 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 giving them a lot of the shine in these matches, which is exactly what they should be doing. It's not just about beating the wrestlers from the previous generations. It's also how the matches are worked and how you're beating them. I mean, you can win a match and not get over. You can, you know, uh, be on the losing end of a match and eat your opponent up and make sure that they don't look good. And not none of that is happening here. So, and and you know, and 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 you can see, um you can see the potential in a lot of these wrestlers, even though they're not going out there and filling up your notebook. That's, that's the point I was trying right, to make. Right, right, right. Yeah. I would, I would hundred percent agree there. Uh, anything else on the, uh, the dream gate? Uh, no, the, the main event, you mean? No, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, mean, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't think, look, I, you know, like I said, I didn't think it was a great match. I thought it was a really good match and it accomplished what it set out to accomplish, which was Shun, Shun Skywalker coming back into the company, asserting himself and winning the title right off the bat. That's the kind of bold moves that they've been doing, and there was no reason not to do that with this match. Absolutely. And and now the you know the, the the collection of like, you know, pushed good young talent is 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 I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, they they're doing all this without their old guy. You know, what I mean, the, none of the old guys are really in the mix in terms of the top top tier. You know, your 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 Hulks, your Yoshinos, your Yamados, those sort of guys, they're not even in the mix whatsoever. Uh, in the top top part of the company at this point, which is cool. Doi, I mean, Doi held the champion uh, championship at the beginning of the year, uh, and, and of course, you know, he's he's, he's not around either. So it, it is, yeah, it is it is a young man's promotion right now with, with Shun Skywalker. I think they even noted he became yet another one of the youngest champions ever in Dragon Gate because you know I think I think like Ata had already done it before, and a bunch of other guys had done it recently. Ben K had done it recently as well. So yeah, you got Ben K, Shun, uh, Ata uh, among your you know top top tier guys, and and. And a bunch of other guys getting built uh, underneath, so it's it's a really cool company uh, to kind of follow that right now and get you know kind well, of follow well, the guys' of, progressions. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of building guys, I mean, look at the Triangle Gate elimination, and you know, SB Kento it scores both falls. Yeah, 
Oh no, yeah, they, they've made it clear with this guy that that he, I mean, goes out, you know, t- turns on, you know, joins Red uh, a few weeks ago, changes his name, and immediately out of the gates, yeah, he wins this title for his team originally, you know, a, a couple weeks ago uh, at Dangerous Gate, and then yeah, comes out here, pins UT, which okay, yeah, that's fine, he's obviously clearly above, you know, UT, but then yeah, yeah. goes and pins Yoshino, which you know, again, there the. Yoshino had already wrestled earlier in the night, and he came in as a replacement. This this card got scrapped up completely because of uh, COVID. A bunch of dudes had to leave. A bunch of titles had to get vacated and stuff. We'll talk about that as we get to it. But, you know, they, they end up having Yoshino, you know, double dip here on the day that he announces that he's officially retiring next year uh, after the second night of – they're going to do two nights at Kobe World, which, again, we'll probably get to here in a bit. So they make the official announcement that he is going to retire at the end, you know, midway through 2021. Uh, he comes out here, wrestles a second time, so it makes sense that he would lose. But still, with that said, I mean, the, the visual of SB Kento just fucking pinning Masato Yoshino in the middle of a Dragon Gate ring to retain a title for his team. I mean, that is that's still poignant. That's still something. There's a lot of other guys that he could have beat. There's a lot of he could have pinned uh, Dragon Kid. You know what I mean? And that would have been everybody would have been perfectly fine. With. Like you know what I mean? He could have. There's many other things he could have done, but he pinned Yoshino, and I think that still is a big deal, and that's an important thing. It's an important symbolic thing. Of pinning him and, and and a real passing the torch moment as well. Yeah, and and Yoshino, of course, they announced his retirement a year from now at uh, next year's Kobe World. So, um, the, and they're doing two, they're doing the double. So this trend of these companies now they're <sighs> copying. So we need to talk about this, and I have the same reaction you have because it's just we've seen what's happened in New Japan where it's a net positive for business, or at least was for the first year. This year you have to throw it out because it's a weird year. They only have it. They have. I'm not even. I don't. I talked about this with you a couple weeks ago. I don't pay attention or care or analyze attendance in any way whatsoever for any of these companies. Right? I don't care. It means nothing to me. I don't even talk about it. I don't look at it. So you throw this year out. Well, when things get back to normal, we'll see moving forward if it's a net positive moving forward from a business perspective. If New Japan can keep uh, providing. Uh, enough interest to fill up the dome twice every January 4th and 5th. Um, we both agree that it is negatively influenced the way that they book towards that show now because there's too much scattered focus and too much, oh, we got to find these weird main event scenarios. And now we see this bleeding into other companies. And look, I get it. They want to, you're going to be in a city anyway. So you hunker down, you rent the building for two nights, you try to draw two gates. Rich, it all makes sense. I mean, New Japan was splitting up their B-shows going back six, seven years ago, and we saw this coming. We suggested they should do two domes. I don't think it's a bad idea to do two Kobe Worlds. But it's like, I fear that it's going to have the same effect on the booking that we've seen in New Japan. So from a fan perspective, without my business cap on, that's my issue with it. What do you think? Yeah, it's just, I, I'm just, I'm nervous about it. It just seems, I, there's ways to do it. You know, there's ways to, to to structure it where I wouldn't care. I'd be fine with it. There's a way to make them feel like they're two separate shows in a lot of ways, you know, even though they're, they're together and they're in the same weekend. I just, I'm so gun shy now because of the way that New Japan's done it. And I thought, I, just, I thought New Japan had all the tools to make it a really really fun uh really cool thing but of course that hasn't happened either uh, of course with the double dome so um i mean i don't want to initially i don't want to immediately say oh it's gonna fucking suck or i'm already upset about it or i'm annoyed or whatever because it really does have the opportunity to be really cool um it's just i am really gun shy because of the way new japan has treated it so i don't know i i am uh i'm cautiously pessimistic right now uh but i i, I i'm hopeful to be 
uh, optimistic at some point, but it's hard to get super excited about it. Yeah, but Yoshino will retire next year. We knew this was coming. Um, you know, a lot of people are shocked he's working on that leg now. Uh, not the leg. The uh, working on his. Uh, why, why did I say? He, oh yeah, leg? neck. Yeah, neck back. Something yeah, his his neck injuries and you know the the bad uh, the what was it, the broken back or broken neck, whatever it was. It was something where they feared he'd never be back. Period. And he came back from it, and he's been working on it a while. And no, he's not working the same way that he always has. And he's a veteran; he's able to cover it up. But he's going to go one more year, and they're going to build. And hopefully, COVID will be a thing of the past, and they'll be able to draw two monster houses to say goodbye to an absolute Dragon Gate icon. So that's the idea with that. Oh, he's sure hoping, yeah, because oh. the the idea was initially 2020 to retire, and like he he ended up, you know, without really trying, got, ended up getting a few months off. Uh, where he didn't have to wrestle, and then yeah, now he's kind of looking at it and saying, ah, you know, I got, I got, you know, I got eight more months left in me. I got another year left in me. Let's, let's do it. Let's. And, and I get it. Like if you want to, you know, someone like him should retire, like you said, in front of a whole, a gigantic filled, uh, you know, Kobe, you know, World Hall. That that's the way for Yoshino to uh, to cap off his career. But um, he should he should team with Doi and then face Doi. Yeah. Doi should turn on him. Doi should definitely they should team together, and he fucking turns on him, and then he goes, "All right, motherfucker, you know what? (laughs) You and I, let's fucking finish this." And he gets his ass kicked, and he loses, and he goes, "Ah, fuck! All right, well, (laughs) that was the end of that." So they should definitely team together and then tease a turn. Oh my god, I love it. Oh man, I don't want to. I don't want him to retire because I love him, but now I want to get there because you're absolutely. You're you're, Doi goes, "No, no, no, no! You're retiring. Let's make this moment last. Let's you know you and I one more time. Let's do it." And then yeah, they lose, and Doi fucking turns on his ass. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm ready. God, it already sounds awesome. So uh, the twin game match, R.E.D. had to win that, Hulk and Kai, because um, all the changes on the card. And they had a couple guys with high fevers that had to be pulled, Ultimo Dragon and um, and and a few others. So we had a makeshift team of Kota Minora and Yamato. I really was Taru. <laughs> I got sick. But that's okay. I, I don't want him to die. But, you know, a little sniffles wouldn't hurt, you know. <laughs> Yeah, none of them have COVID. They just have fevers. <laughs> right, a little, you know, um, a little, some sniffles from Taru, a little cough here and there. We'll get to Taru. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Taru. But uh, this twin game match, look, I thought Hulk wasn't bad here. for what, Like, he looked better than he's looked in a while. Yeah. I will say that. Yes and no. The, th- the thing with Hulk, I, 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 there was points where he was pretty good in here, and I hate, I fucking hate BB Hulk now. Right? I know you can't stand Hulk. I can't I stand him. Yeah. There was moments like that, where mostly because I, I don't know if it's his body breaking down, which, I, I mean, obviously I know that's part of it. Or he just thinks that this is what a heel is or whatever. But he's starting to really get towards that like late career Keiji Muto thing where he just only does like two moves over and over and over and over again. Because yeah. this match was, he did the fucking kick to the top of the head like 27 times. And it's like, all right, dude, I get it. <laughs> like That's one of your moves. I get it. It's fine. That was the early portions of the match was a lot of that. Once they kind of got to the business end of the match, the last five minutes or so, then I thought he looked pretty good. He was doing a launch of really cool stuff. He was, you know, he, he did a senton that he missed by about 15 feet, but that's fine. I'll let him slide. But the stuff that he did, like the, the, the double team manu- uh, maneuvers with Kai were really good. And I, I liked the final five minutes of this match, and I thought he looked really good in that. Uh, but I wasn't a fan of a lot of the other work that he did. But I, I will state, you know, I didn't fucking hate this match, and I, I usually fucking hate BB Hulk matches these days, so. No, I mean, I, I, I thought this, I thought the Hulk Kai team was uh, better than I was expecting. I mean, because I thought Hulk wasn't nearly as broken down looking as he has been. But they, and I also knew they were gonna like there was no doubt in the outcome. I mean, you know, Minora and, and Yamato were not gonna win this match. So um, I don't know. I found it mostly inoffensive. So, what I liked about this match, and it's cool. It's another little thing that like you know. 
if you're a fan of Dragon Gate, if you're a fan of like wrestling with logic and with stories or whatever, that you know, it, it really hit me because you know you have the RAD team of BB Hulk and Kai, and they're a well-oiled machine, and they know you know each other and all this sort of stuff, so they're fine, they're ready to go. And then you have this you know team Dragon Gate, you know Kota Minora and and Jason Lee, who he's supposed to team with, is not there. So the titles are kind of put up, you know, and 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 they're, and they're you know ready for this match or whatever. So you have Yamato who who fills in, who again, you know, he's Team Dragon Gate. He's you know semi aligned with with Minora. So it's like okay, yeah, they, you know, they know each other a little bit. But the whole match is structured that Yamato, you know, Minora won't give the tag. He, he's it's not that he doesn't want to give a tag to Yamato. They just yeah. don't really, you know, they don't have that sort of. They don't feel like a team. And, and you know what I mean? And Minora isn't going yeah. over there and getting Yamato tagged in. Yamato's not really reaching. And, and they don't they don't know how to do double-team maneuvers. They don't know when to get in the ring and save the other. You, you know, there's little stuff like that. So it ends up being, you know, Minora just taking like 90% of this match and Yamato having to run in and bail him out. And then, okay, then they're back to the thing again. And Minora taking a bunch of fucking moves, getting put in a lock. And then Yamato having to be like, all right, here we go. <laughs> like, you know, breaking up the hold over and over and over again. But at no point did Minora, like, walk over and give Yamato the hot tag. And Yamato, I mean, you know what I mean? There wasn't a hot tag. There wasn't a lot of cohesion uh, between that team. And they ended up getting caught and, 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 and losing. And it was kind of Minora just saying, well, you know, these are my titles technically. So I'm just going to work this match like I'm two on one. And, and, you know, that was the style. It's not necessarily – these guys don't hate each other. They're not going to fight with each other. They're not going to brawl or whatever. But – you buy into the idea that, you know, Minora's like, no, no, no. You're like, well, you know, don't worry about it. I got it. I'll handle this. And it's like, yeah, okay. And then Yamato's like, all right, I'll, I'll let you handle it. And he couldn't handle it. And he lost. You know, he basically wrestled it two-on-one and, and got, you know, lost, uh, you know, going two-on-one. So I, I like that little story that they, they were playing throughout this match. Yeah. Yeah. They made it interesting. So um, we had Masato Yoshino, Naruki Dori, and Toru Awashi. Awashi, one of the guys they brought in for this show, you know, uh, uh, they've been bringing in a lot of the names from, uh, you know, 15 years ago that, that, that hadn't been in the promotion for a while. And they, they faced KZ, Punch Tamanaga, and Strong Machine J. Uh, nice little six-man. This is when they announced Yoshino was retiring, at, you know, in a year. So you had all that. And um, they were going to put over the guy that was uh, coming in for the show and everything. So it was exactly what it looks like on paper with the added bonus of, you know, they had announced Yoshino retiring. So I don't really have a ton more thoughts on it. Yeah, I don't. It was good, but not anything like, yeah, it was fine. Like, But it's it's definitely not something you need to, you know, go out of your way to check out. So this Dragon Daya thing continues. He, uh, uh, with Daya Inferno, Inferno gets DQ'd because he tries to rip off the mask at five minutes and two seconds. So there wasn't much to this. Uh, eventually they're going to have to unmask that guy. Um, I don't know. What do you want me to say? It's just, it's one of those, you know, Dragon Gate stories they have going right now. Where yeah, Inferno doesn't even care if he wins or loses. He just wants to no. beat the fuck out of people and unmask guys. You know I mean? All he's yeah. doing is trying to beat the hell out of Dragon Daya and unmask him. And, and he doesn't care if he wins or loses. He doesn't care how the match goes. He's just trying to beat the fuck out of someone. So it's cool. I like that. You hope he unmasks and it's somebody cool. You know, Dragon Gate is usually very good at that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, they're just not ready to to advance that story yet. So that's what we had here. So now we had Don Fuji, Genki Horiguchi, Masaki Mochizuki, and Taru defeating Kness, Susumu Yokozuka, uh, Taro Nahashi, another guy who they brought in for this show, and uh, Yasushi Kanda. And uh, this was Fuji, Horiguchi, and Mochizuki working 90% of the match, Taru tagging in and winning in the end and then cutting a promo. So um, <laughs> this guy sucks. I've never liked him. He's... He's a sleazer. He needs to go back to work in Shinjuku face in front of 19 people and get off of uh, shows of promotions I watch. That's all I have to say. Um, but they were going to bring him in for this for the first time in how many years? 
he was going to be on the winning side of one of these matches and he was going to get a chance to cut a promo. So it is what it is. Um, I have no use for Taro at all. I never have in his entire fucking career. Uh, he can go back to fucking 666 or whatever fucking dingy ass promotion he works these days and disappear back into his crusty alley and, uh, and, and never emerge from it again as far as I'm concerned. I have no use for this man. Yeah, he, he's the type of guy where, like, you know, there, there's certain guys that, yeah, you, you know, in Ultimo Dragon, you, of course, want to patch it up with Ultimo Dragon and let him, you know, end his career on a good and, and not hate, you know, the company that he, you know, played a part in founding and sort of stuff. I, I'm I'm totally fine with letting Taru just say, you know what? Fuck Dragon Gate. I never want to go back to Dragon Gate. Dragon Gate going, you know what? That's fine, dude. Bye. <laughs> like, you know, go to K-Dojo. Enjoy Super Fireworks, Pro Wrestling Fire Festival. You know, you know do do whatever bullshit you're going to do. Do your Tenru project and bullshit. Like, just, yeah, get, get, get out of here. I, I, I have no desire to see Taru, you know, close the chapter on his career in Dragon Gate or Dragon Gate close the chapter on, you know... Uh, Taru, I, I I would be perfectly fine if I never saw Taru again. So the problem is, whenever Zero One makes tape, because they're doing the voodoo murder thing, he fucking pops up there too. So it's like it's just way too much Taru. The thing is, any Taru is way too much Taru, and it's just he's popping up in all these places where I actually watch the tapes. So he, and... he's actually like old as fuck, right? He's not just yeah, he's like bad. almost sixty. Okay, oh, that's why. Okay, because I was like, man, is this dude like just like thirty eight and terrible? But he's like almost sixty, right? He's never been good. He's never been Let's good. Oh, he's, fi- he's fifty. He's fifty-six years old. So he's a very, very old man. Yeah, I mean, he's mostly a zero-one. He's been a zero-one guy yeah, for yeah, years yeah. and years and years now. But he also, you know, he works a lot of these dingy, fucking little, uh, shitty indies. Yeah, I remember him popping up now. on Tenru Projects it's... and Diamond Ring, and you know, anytime there's yeah, a, a weird shit like that. He was all Japan for a long, long time too, of course, with the Voodoo Murders, but. Uh... Well, now, yeah, well, you're going back to the original Voodoo Murders now when you're talking. Yeah. That's after he already – that's when he got kicked out of Dragon Gate or whatever happened there with the old pre- – you know, to begin with. He landed in all Japan with the original incarnation of Voodoo Murder, and then they kind of reformed that in Zero One, you know, or, you know, around Chris Vice earlier this year. And, um, you know, the same bullshit, fucking powder finishes and fucking – interference and i just have i don't have any tolerance anymore for that fucking shit i just want to watch guys wrestle and i want to see the best man win i can't take it <laughs> but uh and taru is he's got nothing left i mean he was never good when he was young no he was terrible yeah even in 1998 he was pretty terrible so and now he's 60 and it's like you know it's fucking guy fucking stinks so uh, I don't know. I maybe the fans of Kobe got a little thrill out of seeing him back in the Dragon Gate ring. That's what this was. And did they? I don't know. <laughs> like, are they that? How like, can anyone enjoy him? I mean, that's what I mean. Like, like how you know how many fans are like, oh man, Taru. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm wrong. I don't know, but yeah, he he definitely stuck out like a sore thumb in this match, and that's why I wanted to I, I wanted to ask you if you remembered how old he was because you have somebody like a Don Fuji who I I'd imagine is like. Pretty similarly aged to, to Taro, maybe a few years younger. A little younger. Yeah, little but Don younger. Fuji can still, I mean, he can kind of go. He's not, but then you have like Genki Horiguchi. Dude, Genki Horiguchi's as good as anybody still. And then fucking Mochizuki, who's, you know, what's he, 48, 49? And he's like as good as anybody in the world. And, and, and then, you know, on the other he's side, 48, you got... 49. Mochizuki's 50, my man. Is he? A, a big 5 0? Yeah, remember uh, uh, Mike's, Iron Mike Spears did the big, now that he's 50, he's the best 50-year-old Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, fuck. And, yeah, and, and everybody got mad at him for saying that. So, yeah, he's 50 now. God yeah. damn. All right, I forgot about 50. that. 50. And he smokes. He looks great. He's, he's, <laughs> he's got Whatever he smoker. does other than that, maybe it's the smoking. Maybe it's the smoking that, that keeps him young, but. 
That's a Fuji too. They're both fifty. He's a, they're the you know. Mochizuki's a good-looking dude for 50, man. If I look like that when I'm 50, I, I'm doing things right, for sure. Fuck yeah. I mean, he's I don't look absolute. like that now. He looks better than me now, so. He's handsome. He's well-built. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, Horiguchi isn't exactly a, a handsome fella. But, uh, you know, uh, Fuji, you know, he's 50 and he's still useful. I mean, Taru brings nothing to the table. At all. Well, that's what I just mean. In like a company where the old guys all can still pretty much go, it is so glaringly obvious when you have a guy who can't go. And he and didn't like, even try to go. Right, yeah. He doesn't even, and then he gets the fall, too, which is, is pretty awesome, too. I, I hope that like I hope that it was, he politicked to get the fall, that it wasn't like Dragon Gate. Like, the more likely scenario was Dragon Gate said, hey, come on, and yeah, you can get the fall or whatever. We'll, we'll want you to do it. I like the idea of, like, Taro, you know, right before he gets out to the curtain, he's like, oh, no, I don't take a fall. You know what I mean? Like, in his, his disgusting voice. And they're like, whatever, dude. Who cares? Yeah, fine. Yeah. Just, fine. Yeah. Pin Susumu. We don't fucking care, dude. <laughs> like, whatever. You know? <laughs> Go pin Kanye. Yeah. It's, it's, we don't care. Like, yeah. I, who took? The, I don't even remember who took. Did I Mohashi forget who the took fall? the fall. Yeah, I forget who took the fall now. But maybe Kness. I mean, Kness. He's got to be almost fifty at this stage. Oh, I think he did pin. I think he did pin Kness. It's Kness, right? Yeah, I think yeah. I think Kness. you're right. Someone will correct us if he didn't. Um. So we had. Uh, man, I closed out my. Hold on, I got it. I got it. You don't have to save me. Pulling it back up. We had uh, Madoka Kakuda and Taketo Kamai. Defeating Ryu Saito and Boku R. Shimizu, he he was stripped of his gimmick. So uh, look, this was a, one of those young matches matches where the two young guys and I was really impressed uh, with the young tag team here. They've got something with they're these good. two guys. Those guys are good. Kamai, Kamai in particular, I mean, and they're they're just stupid young. I mean, Kamai's twenty one and the other dude might be like nineteen. I, he's nineteen or twenty. I forget the exact age, but yeah, so it's fucking wild. And they're already like good, <laughs> really, really good. So. Yeah, and, and, and they looked awesome and, uh, you know, short little match and they won and they should win because Shimizu is kind of in between roles now, right? He's kind of in this dopey unit. What's the name of this unit with Shimizu and Saito? And, yeah, the, um, the Boku unit or whatever, yeah. Boku unit, yeah, it stinks. It's a terrible unit. Um, it, it's kind of like every Dragon Gate cycle, there's always one unit with a mishmash group of veterans that are never in the mix for anything. And it's just kind of like thrown it. It's the leftovers. That's what this unit feels like to me. And, um, you know, so Shimizu, look, he's got a lot of career in front of him right now. He's just not a guy they're focusing on. He's still in his twenties. He'll be fine. Um, Saito's one of the guys that's, you know, from that generation that's starting to put people over and he's probably into his early forties. He's 41 as I checked out right now. And, you know, these two young guys, you know, they put them over strong. And and that's what you should be doing right now against guys like Shimizu and Saito who aren't being featured. Can, so. can you name all the members of Team Boku? Uh, you got two already. You're halfway there. So, Yeah, it's probably two other guys that are on a similar um, – uh, probably two other Saito generation guys. Uh, Kanda, maybe he seems like a Boku no, guy. He is not a Boku guy. Uh, who the other? Who the other two? I can't think of. Uh, Punch Tamanaga and Naruki Doi. All right, Punch. <laughs> it's a terrible Punch. unit. <laughs> I think the deal was Punch like left the other guy and was like, "Hey, I want to be in Boku," and his unit was like, "All right, we don't give a fuck. Yeah, fine, go ahead. <laughs> cool, dude. <laughs> yeah, see ya. Um, you know, and Doi, there's, there's not doing anything with right now. So um, yeah, it's just you know, it, it's it's a nothing unit. It's very lame. And they should be doing jobs to guys like this. Doi won't, but the other guys will. Sure. Um, the Battle Royal here. Uh, Hyo, how about Hyo Watanabe picking up a win in the Battle Royal? Or H-Y-O. Yeah, he looks good. He looks good here. I liked him. 
yeah, he's a guy who, you know, they had to pump the brakes on a couple times there, and he kind of got lost in the shuffle, very similar to UT. Um, but this was the Geek Battle Royal with, with you know, uh, you know Diamante, Ho-Ho Lun, who, as we predicted, Rich, got eliminated, went right to the commentary Not table. even, didn't even go no. back, didn't even get a towel, not even take a breather. Nope. He just, he went right there, <laughs> right into the... Yep, Gamma, who's got nothing to do right now, Jimmy, uh, uh, Ichikawa, uh, Mandai Ryu, Sachi Hoko Boy, and of course Super Sisha. So this was a, uh, you know, it was a nine man Dragon Gate Battle Royal that went six minutes and one second. What do you want me to say? Yeah, it was entertaining. Fine. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. And uh... most, most Japanese battle royals fucking stink. And I have to say that this didn't fucking stink. Ichikawa's elimination. He goes up to the top. I love this guy. <laughs> He's the one comedy. <laughs> if people think that Joe, Joe Lanza doesn't like comedy, Joe Lanza doesn't like fun in his wrestling. Listen to this segment. Get ready for this segment because Joe does love fun in his wrestling. This you have to be good lands, at it. You got to be good at it, not fucking suck at it. This guy lands with me. I love Ichikawa. He goes up to the top and he's waiting for someone to dive on. <laughs> Nobody came over for like two <laughs> Nobody minutes. Nobody came yeah. over. Finally, they all turn around like, what is this? He's screaming at the top of his lungs. They all turn around. He dives and they all just casually step out of the way and he crashes on the fucking mat. And then they, and then all, they pile all pile on, yeah, they pile on and pin him, and then they send his ass out of the ring. So it's good. And I'm cackling in my living room at one <laughs> in the morning. Great. I know I'm the same way. I'm the I same love way. This guy. People think that like, yeah, I hate comedy in my wrestling. I don't, but you gotta be good at it. And yeah. and, and he's not doing it in fucking main events. He's not doing it against good wrestlers. It's you know what I mean. He does it, yeah. and he, he and the thing is, every, he's so bizarre too that yeah. nobody buys in on the joke, and that's one of the important parts. Yes. Is you know Gamma isn't like ha ha ha, and then he does something. Gamma's like, "Who the fuck is this geek doing?" Then he fucking he comes down, and he pins his ass. He's like, "Get out of here, go away." Yeah, you know it's not all these other guys playing it up. Like you know he sits on the ring and does his little comedy for a little bit, and nobody like nobody's none the wiser. Nobody gives a shit, and they finally turn around they're like, "All right, yeah, yeah, do your thing, whatever." And then they pin him, and he goes away. That's the key. The key is that it's not over. It doesn't overrun the entire company or the the entire match when he's in it. It's just he does his thing. It's funny, but nobody kind of stoops to his level, which is is what we like. So, yeah. So uh, the opener, as you said last week, these men demanded to open the show as uh, Kesuke Okuda successfully defends his newly won Brave Gate against Kato Ishida. Did you go five stars again, Rich? Oh, I'm a coward. I didn't. I, I didn't think it was as good. I liked the Dangerous Gate match a little bit more. This was still fucking great. I love this match. It's just it. It wasn't five stars. I was like four and a quarter with it. Uh, definitely not the same level that, that that I thought the Dangerous Gate match was. But again, a really really fun match. I just love. I- Dude, the style of these guys work, the the speed, the intensity, the effort, the, you know, it's it just, it comes across like these two dudes want to kill each other. They want to prove that one guy is better than the other. Okuda so badly wants to prove that he's better than uh, Ishida. Ishida the same way. It's just, oh, it's just, it's so, you just boil it down to its essence of pro wrestling. The bell rings and these guys are just like fucking caged animals going at one another. And then, you know, Okuda, I love it. He just, he puts him in a lock. 10 minutes in, you think, oh, he's going to get to the ropes, always oh, going to kick out, or he's going to... No, he just fucking taps out. It's over. It's done. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's just... I like that just the matches can end whenever. It keeps you on your toes. It, it reminds me, you know, these matches, and, and, and especially the style that, that, you know, these guys wrestle, and, and Okuda in particular, it reminds me of, like, Brock Lesnar matches. Why you and I liked Brock Lesnar matches so much. You know, we were the last people in the universe to like Brock Lesnar matches, because it's like, dude, I like a match when I can't step away. I can't walk away and say, I'll come back in 10 minutes and see what's going to happen, or, you know, I'll go to the bathroom, or I'll go get so, uh, something to drink. You don't want to step away during one of these matches, because it could end, and that's the thing with a Brock match, is, like, the Brock match could go 5 minutes, it can go 10 minutes, it can go 15, it can go a minute, it can go 30 seconds, you have no idea, but you got to hang around. 
Sonata Evil, the Tokyo Dome, you know, <laughs> the clap crowds, January 4th or 5th or whatever, I can go, I can take a fucking shower and come back, <laughs> and I know exactly what's going to happen in that match, what's going to be going on, I will have missed absolutely nothing. This, no, you can't step away for a second without a finish potentially happening, I love that about these guys, and I love that about pro wrestling. They've made this division feel like something completely different than everything else on the show. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's almost like when, you know, almost like how the never matches feel so different in New Japan when it's just Ishii and Makabe beating each other up or Shingo and Minoru Suzuki beating each other up. And it kind of, you know, at, at, for most of the lifespan of the never title, it's kind of just been the we're going to bash each other's head in division. Right. And it feels different. These matches are just feel completely different than everything else on the show. And they've kind of carved out their own little niche and made the division feel distinct. And I'll tell you, it's gotten people's attention who normally don't watch Dragon Gate either. So they have succeeded with that. Again, I thought the match was very good. I, I didn't like this one as much as you did either. Similar to the one on the, on the previous show, you gave five stars. I, you know, I'd go maybe three and three quarters somewhere. But these are very enjoyable. And the thing about Okuda is okay you think about okuda and he's got his fucking mma gloves that he wears and you know he was slumming it up you know on anoki shows and he's kind of this journeyman fucking ddt apache pro all this fucking bullshit finally finds a home in dragon gate he's still in his 20s too did you know that he's 29 yeah he doesn't look 29 he he looks a little older he looks a little rough around the edges i would have if you had guessed, if I didn't know this before and I hadn't already looked it up, I would have assumed he's like, like 34, 36, somewhere in that range. You know what I mean? Because he kind of looks that. He, you know, you know yeah. that he's been around the, 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 you know, IGF and all these companies, like you said. So he kind of feels like a guy that's probably been around for like 10 years. And then you were looking, it's like, oh shit, he's 29. Like, Jesus Christ, it, this company. It's almost, <laughs> it's almost like an athlete, like a, a player that gets traded a lot or moves around feels older than a guy who's been with one team. Right. There's always like a baseball player or an NBA player and you're like, holy shit, he's only 26. But because they've been on five teams, you feel like they're 32. You know what I mean? It like ages you when you move around so much. And that's kind of the theory here. Like this guy's been a journeyman for years, just bouncing around these shitty promotions. And, you know, he, he, he has pretty much found a home in Dragon Gate now. And, you know, he's he's a he's a regular. I mean, the last couple of years. And you forget, he's still got youth on his side, too. So um, just a disgustingly young promotion. And Kato Ishida, you know, uh, someone dug up a tweet that you sent out in 2016 putting this guy over as a future stud. So uh, pat yourself on the back. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Yeah, that was was a good one there. I, I said he needed to work on his hair. Said, man, he's going to be a star. He needs to work on his hair. Uh, also correct. Uh, he still, unfortunately, needs to work on his hair, but uh, he is correct. a future star for sure, uh, no doubt. And and uh, yeah, we we took out some oh. some good old Dragon Gate tweets. We found you know uh, a few years ago when we were trying to get uh, Shun Skywalker booked for WrestleMania weekend because he was around and nobody would fucking book him. So yeah, he's the Dream Gate champion. So yeah, hope but, you enjoyed I Swoggle mean... and Priscilla Kelly. But you know, hey. Could have the Dream Gate champion. Well, we but, sorted hey. that out. They tried. The WrestleCon tried to book them. Yeah, they the, tried. Well, they they did their work. I wasn't mad at WrestleCon. I was mad at... The, the problem was the WrestleCon guys were the only people that tried <laughs> right, to book Right, right, right. And then they, it's like no one else wanted to to book the guy. And it's it's we tried to warn people that this was the next big thing. You want to get in on the ground floor. He's here. But, he's, uh, he's willing to work us awesome any weekend if you guys want to use him. And I uh, can't, can't find a spot for him. No, sorry. 
Yeah, well, we got Swaggle you know. and the fucking camp dude. What the fuck? Whatever his name is. <laughs> oh, the camp man scout. Yeah, man scout. Yeah, camp guy. <laughs> camp guy. Burying the man scout. All right. Yeah, we got Jake Manning and Swaggle, but yeah, I can't find a spot for Shun Skywalker. I will bury you for burying the man scout. He he kind of fucking stinks. Um. So yeah, I mean Ashida, uh, he's been kicking around since 2015. I mean when they. When they find a trainee and they like them, they don't they don't wait. You're 18, get in there. You're 19, go ahead, get in. You're ready, you get in there. And and you're because he's only 24 now, so he debuted when he was 18 or 19 years old. Ashita did. He's born in 1995. Jesus Christ. And they've got something. And they've got something with him too. I mean, it's up and down the card. And look, they're not all going to work out. They never do. Okay, but some of these guys will. And and again, at minimum. Every one of them has a chance to just be an excellent worker at minimum, even if they don't all become stars. And it's pretty clear that Shun Skywalker's on his way. Ata has earned every bit of his push. I mean, he even had naysayers on the come up for this uh, recent Dreamgate run. I was not one of them, but there were a lot of naysayers saying, oh, we don't like Ata, but I believed in Ata, and he has earned it. When there were a lot of uh, naysayers in Japan as well, Fred, even in his own company, but he got there. Ben K, who we earmarked the first time we laid eyes on that motherfucker. Oh yeah, we he was like, the first time he came out in his little black trunks. We were like, "Fuck, this dude rocks!" Like, I should go. Ba- I should go back and look at those tweets. I'm sure. I am positive. Out of the gates, we said, "Keep an eye on Ben K." Yeah, well, like, this guy's the fucking future ace of the promotion. I mean, it's it just it, there was no doubt there, and um, you know, and 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 so those guys are already there. And these other guys, you have so much time. All right, here we go. I I found a tweet already. It doesn't take long for us to be right. Uh, July 25th, 2017. I think this is you. I think this is you, but it wasn't Tad, so I'm not sure exactly. Futa Futa Nakamura. You're searching Futa Nakamura? Uh, No, I I should go to Futa Nakamura. I went to Benkei in July July 25th, 2017. But you're right. I should go to Futa Nakamura. Uh, I'd push Benkei to the moon and build my promotion around him for the next decade. Yeah. Three years ago. Yeah. Shit, it's almost 2021. Four years ago. Yep. I mean, come on. First time I laid eyes December on this December 4th, 2016. I've given this about two days of thought, and I can't think of the last time I've been as excited about a young wrestler as I am about Ben K. 2016. 2016. Yeah. Yeah, and it was the truth then. I mean, we, we came on this show and raved about uh, Ben K. And even in the Futa Nakamura days. I remember being a little disappointed at the name change, but then when yeah, I saw... Yeah, I just, found, I just found a tweet where you said, I can't figure out what the worst name is, El Lindemann or, F- or Ben K. So both terrible names. I mean, both atrocious names. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, September 22nd, 2016. I'm so, I love these shows where we talk about how right we are. Futa yeah. Nakamura. Favorite this. Store the name away. A lock future superstar. Modesty aside, I have one of the best eyes around for this. Well, that was clear who that tweet is. Untagged. Oh. But I think I, I think I have an idea of who I have written that tweet. <laughs> that one might have been me. Modesty aside, um, I have one of the best eyes around for this. You're not wrong because there you are in 2016 saying Futa Nakamura. Favorite 15. this. Store this name. 16. Sorry. 16. 16. Oh, 16. 16. Get it. Either way. yourself. <laughs> Couldn't have been 15. He didn't. He had like one match in December in 2015. Um, so yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, it's it's all modesty aside. I do have a great eye for this. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, uh, you know, see who's main eventing uh, uh, Dynamite tonight uh, later on uh, on this Wednesday. If you you know for another reason, but I mean, yeah, it, it, 
it's it's the first time you lay eyes on Futa Nakamura, you're like, that guy's a fuck gonna be a fucking ace. There's no question about it, you know. And uh, you nailed Ishida, and a lot of these guys have potential. They're not all listen. If they all become superstars, you're gonna deal with one of the hottest promotions in the history of wrestling. It just it can't happen. It won't happen statistically. It cannot happen. But um, when you have this many young wrestlers that have a chance to be great, some of them are going to right. land. Right. If, if they land with 50%, they've already done more than many companies can do uh, around the universe, around the world. So, uh, yeah, hitting on 50% is great. Um, if they hit any more, I mean, forget it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that was Kobe World. Any other thoughts about uh, Kobe World? Not really. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about Dragon Game, man. I'm, I, I've, I'm anticipating. I'm ready for the next shows. This, this is... It's something that I have not had, uh, in, and obviously I haven't had in Japan, <laughs> in New Japan lately. Uh, I've not had in Dragon Gate for a while either, but it's like, you know, just cannot wait for their next show. All the building blocks are there, and you're just, yeah, you're ready to ready for that time to come and hit refresh and, and, and watch that show when it comes live. And, and you know, for the English, you know, audience too, I think Jay is is, is doing just an incredible job. And I, I were you, did you listen to the original, uh, like Jay and, and, and Larry Dallas stuff back like a year or so ago when they were first doing English uh, commentary yeah, on Dragon Gate? My take at that time was Larry Dallas was shockingly good right out of the gate. And Jay, once he worked out the kinks, I thought was going to be good. But he was a little on the nervous side. Yeah. Oh, no. It was clear that this guy, he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know when to fill in what gaps. He didn't know when to talk, when to be silent, when to, you know, when to talk about the moves, when to talk about the history. It was tough. And it's, we always say, it is not easy. Everybody thinks you just plop your ass down and talk about wrestling and you're ready to go. What we do isn't very easy, too. How many podcasts? <laughs> How many people think, oh, I'll do a wrestling podcast and I'll be popular and do all this sort of shit? It's not easy either. It sucks. Like, it's not, it's not tough. 90 Ninety percent of wrestling podcasts are fucking terrible, or they go away, and they go away in like uh, you know two months yeah. because it's fucking difficult. It's hard. They to... can't handle the grind. I mean, we're we happen to be great at this, but there's so many wrestling podcasts that are fucking horrendous. Absolutely. So it's not easy, and, and it's especially not easy to do you know uh, commentary, especially play by play, especially when you're the man who's who's got to sort of intro you know dragging it to everybody, and that's sort of the way he was. You know, it felt like every time you were watching a broadcast with Jay. It was like he was speaking to you as like the first person. You've never heard of Dragon Gate ever in your life, and he's going to tell you everything about Dragon Gate that you ever need to know. He's kind of let that go a little bit. He's kind of he, he he will he will go into the details. He will go into the nuts and bolts of it, but he isn't handholding you anymore. He's kind of like, all right, look, if you if you know you have to have some idea of Dragon Gate coming into this, or you know what, you'll catch up in in, in due time. It doesn't matter. Just kind of join me on this journey. And he's done a really good job of maybe not overdoing the play-by-play, you know, really leaning into some of the history, but not overdoing it. And Ho Ho Lun is the perfect accompaniment for Jay as well. And that's nothing against Larry Dallas. That Larry Dallas did a good job uh, with Jay as well. This is almost all uh, Jay, you know, doing kind of the heavy lifting there. But Ho Ho Lun's a great sort of secondary guy because Ho Ho Lun is like your viewer at home that has never watched Dragon Gate before. You know what I mean? Cause it kind of feels he, like he's never watched Dragon Gate before. Even so. though he wrestles for Dragon Gate. <laughs> right, Gate. but it, it helps never... because he is like, the, oh, well, why, you know, why is that happening? And then Jay, oh, okay, well, that, the reason that's happening, or whatever. Uh, so it actually kind of works in, in a weird way. His 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 cute, naive self has is, is really helped uh, uh, the, the, the broadcast, I, I think. I think that... Jay has improved tremendously. He used to basically just be an information guy. Yeah, exactly. And and he wasn't a great communicator. Now he's a really good communicator. Yeah, he and was just basically reading you a Wikipedia entry at, at certain points, and he's not doing that anymore. What what he is now, and what's what and and what's and now because Larry Dallas can't get over there, 
Jay is like the lead now. His role has changed. Like he has to take the lead of the broadcast, which is even harder. And Lun is very charming and comes across like naive in a good way is the best way I can say it. But Lun sets up Jay perfectly. I don't know if it's intentional. I don't know if it's just the chemistry they have. But his setups are great. Jay is comfortable in the role now. He's comfortable behind the microphone in a completely different role than he was in with Larry Dallas. And he's also snarky at the right times. He throws in the little jokes that maybe go over the heads of 90% of the people watching. They go over my head a lot, but then Iron Mike Spears will explain it. And I'm like, that's fucking funny. I can't believe he said that. And it's like, he's, he's just very comfortable and it's one of – oddly enough, it's one of my favorite broadcast teams at this point because you get all the information you need. And like you said, they don't – he doesn't hammer you over the head with it. But he knows when to fill in the information and how much to give you as opposed to just inundating you with the information like he may have done early on with Larry Dallas. I think if you put Larry Dallas in there, that would be a great three-man booth because I think Larry Dallas could – you know. Be playful with Ho-Ho Lund in all the right ways and bring something to the broadcast that those two aren't bringing to the – I think – I feel like those three would have remarkable chemistry together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Larry Dallas kind of pumping everybody up, getting excited, loving the wrestling, Ho-Ho Lund kind of filling in the gaps and, and and asking the questions. And then, yeah, yeah, Jay just filling in those those gaps with the information and, and, and calling the spots and, and calling the moves. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. That would be awesome. I think guys. Dallas and Lund could have like weird, like like, <laughs> like Dallas would rib them, you know, and they'd have good chemistry together, and um, you know, and 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 I, I really just I feel like it would it would work well, and and you know, one day they're gonna get Larry back over there. I mean, it's just it can't happen now, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I I do think Jay has improved. I mean, tenfold, and it's like you saw the 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 uh, you 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 saw that he had the sort of the building blocks there. He just needed experience behind that mic. And now doing all of these shows, he, he comes off like a seasoned pro. There's just a calmness to his commentary too, where he's not, he never tries to get ahead of himself. He never gets overexcited at the wrong times. And that's a big problem with, with wrestling commentary. People getting too excited when they shouldn't because he knows the promotion so well and he knows the beats and the tones of the matches. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so, you know what I mean? That's important too. Like he, he can sense when the closing stretch is coming or when there's an important sequence or when there's a big spot or something important, whereas somebody parachuting in might not recognize the things that he recognizes. And I think that helps him make a good announcer as well, where I think he'd he's be much better here than he would be if you just dropped him into all Japan he wouldn't understand those beats and tones as well as he does when he's in Dragon Gate environment. So uh, I think that helps too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great broadcast. So if you if you if you're trying to get in Dragon Gate and and, and you know you want to listen to the English commentary, and I I, I think they're doing English for uh, the the final gate. I don't know. I, I don't know 100. percent So don't quote me on that. Uh, but yeah, it's a really really good broadcast. Like it's, it's I'm sure it's, they are. I it's wonder. been a it's been a hell of a, yeah. I've really really enjoyed. It. I mean yeah, they're starting to do even Corkins or whatever. I mean as long as they're there and they have a camera and they have a mic, it looks like they're going to try to do it. So. 
uh, as yeah. they should, because it, it, it's 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 great, and and it really I think helps. Uh, it'll help you if you're kind of a, an early Dragon Gate listener, and it's just an enjoyable broadcast. At the end of the day, I don't feel like I'm being you know talked down to. I don't feel like I'm being you know uh, like I know more than the guys, and I'm, I mean yeah, it's it, it's a really really enjoyable broadcast. So it's 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 made watching Dragon Gate that much better, even though you know I don't care. Like I'll listen to any, I, I'll watch Dragon Gate, I'll watch great wrestling, no matter who's talking about. I'll listen to great wrestling, you know, I'll watch great wrestling if there's no commentary. But uh, it does it definitely definitely helps if it's a, an enjoyable broadcast too. Uh, and they've done that. So that is Dragon Gate Kobe World. Uh, again, if you want a full review, VoicesOfWrestling.com. Case Low uh, did the review for the website. Also, the Open the Voice Gate guys went, I think, like an hour and a half or two hours uh, just talking about uh, Kobe World as well. So if you want more Dragon Gate content, uh, Open the Voice Gate uh, can do that for you. So, uh, Joe, we'll, we'll move on the show. We should mention this is an ad-free other than like kind of embedded ads or you know preloaded ads or anything that you, you might hear. But as far as, as you and I doing an ad read... Uh, this is an ad-free show, so I think it's a good time to uh, let people know that we have a Patreon as well. Is that true, Joe? Is that true? A Patreon? Yeah, $10 gets you everything, gets you the flagship live, gets you all the written content, gets any live content we do, like live instant reactions or anything along those lines. $5 gets you most of the content Rich is doing. What are you calling that? What I'm just Best of the Super Juniors. I don't have, I, I can't come up with kitschy names anymore. I'm just calling it fucking VOW Retro Best of the Super Juniors, so... Yes, yeah, so you're going through all the. Are you going through all the finals? I'm going to do all the ones that are available on New Japan World, which is a good way because people are like, "Oh, yes. but this one's on like Daily Motion and this." And I'm like, "I know, but I don't want to do them all. <laughs> like, I don't have time to do them all." So it's good that only you know ten of them are on New Japan World. That's the. Re- I don't want to do every single one. So, uh, yeah, it's like ten or so. I mean, it's all the major new ones. Uh, a few of the classic ones. Uh, the original one in 1988, which that episode is out. Uh, 1991, that episode should be out. Uh, in the next day or so, I'm hopefully recording that uh, the next day or so. And then, uh, yeah, a lot, 1994, 95, uh, I think 97, a five-star match from Dave Meltzer as well. And then kind of the big, uh, more recent ones as well. I think from 2013 on are all on New Japan World. And there's some incredible, incredible – oh, there's a match of the year, a voice of wrestling match of the year in that list as well. And some other ones uh, that got near uh, match of the year buzz as well. So it'll be really, really fun. And, yeah, going through the history of, uh, of New Japan Juniors, the history of the two wrestlers – uh, as well, and then re- kind of recapping and reviewing the matches as well. So it, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I already have notes ready for a few of the other ones. And, yeah, there's some really cool stuff to talk about uh, w- with the series. So we'll, we'll do it uh, throughout the month of December. Okay, so we, dur- during the tournament, of course. Yes, yes, so, of course. Uh, and we just did a great Hall of Fame recap show, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, talking about the results and breaking down the candidates that got in, breaking down the candidates that are going on the ballot next year, talking about sort of the Hall of Fame uh, uh processes and, and and how they played out and we did a deep dive on why the modern wwe candidates are struggling i went on a 10 minute diatribe of why i feel like kenny omega ten. was an easy choice <laughs> i don't think it was uh, 10 minutes joe <laughs> may have been longer it how was long much was longer time? i think it ended up being about 25 to 30 so so i went 25 minutes breaking down kenny omega's resume in excruciating detail explaining why I think he is not a controversial choice for the Hall of Fame at all and is, in fact, a no-brainer choice for the Hall of Fame. And I almost got Rich to completely come around on that with the information I provided. So you can hear that on the $5 tier. We also had a, a debate about Junakiyama and whether he was a, uh, you know, a, a, a sort of a, uh, how would you say, sort of a um, – must have member of yeah, Hall like of a no doubter, like a yeah, your Hall no of Fame doubter loses. Or not a no doubter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your Hall of Fame loses credibility if he's not in there. However, you want to kind of phrase that. So we had a debate about that. We talked a little, little bit about some of the Lucha candidates that got in uh, uh, this year as well. So uh, we went two hours on that, 
And we also did th- uh, over three hours with Joe Gagne before the results came out for the Hall of Fame as well. So there's over five hours of Observer Hall of Fame content. Uh, Rich did a Q&A as well. So there's about six hours of yeah. Wrestling Observer newsletter. Uh, and I was going to do a um, – and I'm going to do – I'm still going to do it. I'm going to do a written Q&A as well on the Observer Hall of Fame probably tomorrow, meaning Thursday if you're listening live. Um, so look out for that, and that's going to be for all price tiers. When I do those written Q&As, I open it up to the one, five, and $10 subscribers. You guys, I'll give you an hour to send in questions, and then I, uh, I, I will give you written responses to those questions. So there is more Observer Hall of Fame content coming. Um, so, yeah, this is a good time to subscribe because there's a ton of stuff on there. It's always a good time to subscribe. It is uh, the $1 tier, $5 tier, $10 tier. $10 gets you everything. $5 gets you uh, most of the content we do. And that's uh, patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Indeed. Or voiceofwrestling.com slash Patreon. Whichever one you want to do, we got them both. So, all right. Let's, uh, okay. Let's, uh, I want to bring this subject up to you. This topic up to you. I, I wrote a, an article uh, at voiceofwrestling.com about this. As well, and I know your answer, but let's let's try to at least discuss it a little bit because I, I know the answer, and I a hundred percent agree with you, and I agree with your answer. But this Sunday is supposedly the Undertaker's final farewell. He is he's retiring. Whatever this is, we, it's not a match. It's not a se- we don't know what the hell it is. It's, we assume it's not a match. It might be a segment. It might be a promo. We have no fucking clue what the Undertaker's final farewell is this Sunday. But apparently, thirty years in, he debuted in you know some uh, you know Survivor Series nineteen ninety, and this is it. Now thirty years down the line, they're officially calling it the final farewell for the Undertaker. And Joe, it nobody gives a shit. It doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. And I know your answer is well, he's retired eight times already. He's had fifteen yeah. final farewells, and I agree. But still, this is a moment, a, a, a company that that purports to be a moment creating machine. You know what I mean? We make stars and we make moments. They are trying like fucking hell to make this a moment. And Joe is not a moment at all. Well, I think they say they're a moment creating machine and think they're a moment creating machine. But what they are now is just a content creating machine. Um, We've talked about that in regards to their television. Um, You know, it's just a matter of how much content can you pump out and how, you know, and how high can you get in terms of rights fees? I mean, that's what they are. Yeah. Um, and that's what this is, too. I mean, Undertaker, they did a whole month worth of Undertaker content in October. Right. Other, other than other than, ne- other than WWE Network content and Twitter content and WWE.com stuff and photo shoots and all that sort of stuff, that's what this all has been about. And, and you're absolutely right. And that's that's you know something that, that I tried to bring up in the in the piece as well is is you look at it and and on its face, yeah, it's it's a big deal. They've rolled out the red carpet. They're doing you know the the thirty days of the dead man, and there's eight documentaries about him. And there's every WWE wrestler is doing a photo shoot where they look like the Undertaker. And WWE.com is doing a, a poll of the best Undertaker matches. And Twitter, they're saying, oh, what are you and all this sort of stuff. And dude, it is. And again. I am not a super fan at this point of WWE. That's pretty obvious. You are not as well. But we run a fucking wrestling website. We know when stuff has buzz. We know when stuff has, you know, people are talking about people are, you know, yeah, maybe you and I aren't excited about WWE anymore, but we follow people that are. We know there is nothing, zero buzz for the last star of of that generation, of of, of the generation of when this company was whatever you want to call it, when this company was on top of the world. Was the, the, the not only one of the best wrestling, you know, the most profitable wrestling companies ever, but one of the biggest entertainment mediums for a long time too. 
I mean, they were there in 98, 99, 2000, 2001. Like, this company was it. They were. They had a fucking restaurant in Times Square. They had a fucking reality show, the Tough Enough. They were running a football league. They had a whole new TV show. Like, they, everybody wanted a part of wrestling at that time, and WWF at that time. And this is The Undertaker. This is his final. This is it for him, presumably. Presumably. Again, big, big quotes there. Presumably. They're trying like hell to make this. This is the legend. The Undertaker. This is his final thing. And it's just not resonating whatsoever with anybody. Well, cause they've done it a hundred times. How long ago was it that he limped up the the WrestleMania entranceway with Triple H and Shawn Michaels? Was that like six years ago? Oh, jeez, I thought you were going to bring up the Roman Reigns one where he left all of his gear in the ring. No, no yeah, Jesus, what was that one? Like <laughs> twenty six? WrestleMania twenty six? Is am I right? Or is last... it twenty? Yeah, hold on. Let, let me let me get the exact year because. It was the last triple. It was the second Triple H WrestleMania. Okay, I think that would have been well because they did the two. So twenty. Yeah, Sean was the ref. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I think that was man. What was that? That was twenty twelve. I want to say like. So it was like eight years ago. Right. Yeah, twenty twelve. The Hell in a Cell with with Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Yeah. So he limped up the rampway with those two arm in arm, and it was like they did the arm in arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And that was like symbolically, okay, this is the end of The Undertaker. And that was eight, <laughs> eight years ago. And there may, there, there may even be one book prior to that where it was like, this is the end of The Undertaker. I don't, you know, I don't remember how the second Sean match ended with the post match or anything. But it's well, like. Well, he retired Michaels there. That was Matt. That was career versus. Okay. Yeah. Versus You're career, right. So, yeah. You're right. So that, they, they wouldn't have taken away Michael Shine. And teased at the under. You're right, but so that's the earliest one I could remember. The 2012 WrestleMania. You said it was 2012, right? Uh, 2012. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then you have, like you said, Roman Reigns leaving your fucking gloves or whatever in the ring, and then you have like the television goodbyes that they've given. Like on one of those Raws, like you got the remember that Raw from the two different locations. Yeah, Raw 25 or Raw 30 or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. And they did the dong, and he showed up, and or like 15. that was. Close. It wasn't thirty or twenty-five. Who fucking cares? Whatever. Raw one thousand, whatever. They do them for every little round number that they have. So I don't remember. And they said goodbye to him then, and now they're saying, you know, now they're doing this, you know, and 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 the whole they just did a giant documentary of him talking about how oh this is my last match, and and you know it's like, and now they're doing the last ride again. Here's the thing. They've done it a million times, and here's the other thing, Rich. No one believes it. No, everybody believes that if the opportunity comes or you know a Saudi check floats in front of him that he's he's, he's popping up and doing it. So, Rich, he has already. I don't know if you saw this. There's already like a quote of him saying he'd love to work with the Fiend. And do some kind of- <laughs> great, great. That's it's a great way to sell our final goodbye uh, uh, moment. In two days. Yeah, perfect, so, perfect. you know, so he, he he'll do something with the Fiend at some point, some cinematic bullshit. Um, so no one, they've overdone it and nobody buys it. That's what we're dealing with here. Yeah. So that's why there's no buzz because it's like the boy who cried wolf with this shit. And we just had a month long thing in October of constant undertaker documentaries, which I caught the one with Randy Orton, uh, randomly when I was watching the live feed and it was fine. That one one was fine. Yeah. Those are actually really good. Those don't be untolds or whatever. Yeah. Those are really good. That one kind of stunk. I'll be honest. If that's the only one you've seen, go watch totally the others. Went. The other ones are well, really good. The, but that one stunk. I've seen. I saw the Jay Uso one. That was fine. Um, I I think I've seen a couple of, but the Orton thing with Undertaker was fine. You know, it was it was Bay Orton like I had to hit him with the chair and uh, I busted him open hard way. 
I you, got t- you told me on that day you're going to get the receipt. I, was, I didn't know when, but he was going to do I was, it. <laughs> I was a 23 year old kid, and I was I was scared. I got to the back and I said, I'm "Sorry about busting the open there." And Taker turned to me and he said, "You got a receipt coming, kid." And uh, I didn't know when it was coming, but you know, it was like that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's fine. I mean, I it's and then. Uh, you know, so they did a month long. Now they tell me that this Paul Bearer one is incredible. Everyone who's seen it has said it's incredible. Yeah, I've not seen so, that one yet, but I, but I, I, I do. I am planning on doing that for sure. I haven't seen it either. I'll see it three years from now after they run it after a takeover. That's what I'll do. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's like you watch a takeover or a pay per view, and then something else comes on after, and you're like, ah, I'll leave it on. Yeah, the, the only know? time I ever see those, yeah, there was some like Seth Rollins twenty four seven. I ended up watching and enjoying, but it was only because yeah. like. Uh, I was, I, w- I think it was some pay per view, and I was putting the review up on the website, and you and I were going to go live or whatever. And I had it in the background. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. I'm, I'm going to watch this when I'm done. So, um, yeah, like, but I never like put that shit on. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I have too many old fucking Clash of the Champions or episodes of fucking <laughs> 605 to watch. So I don't have time for the documentaries. So, right, like, but, but if if it's something comes on after a show, and I still have the live feed on, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll always leave that shit on. But like, like I'm not watching. Okay, like I'm never clicking uncool with Alexa Bliss. It's not happening. But like if it's on after the pay-per-view, I'll give it a couple minutes. That's awful, by the way. The uncool with Alexa Bliss. I'm not Blair. gonna watch that yet, don't worry. In case you were wondering, it's 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 horrendous. Um so yeah, I mean that's why I think it has no buzz, Rich. It's just it's it's people don't buy it, number one. It's overdone. And you know, I, who could care? I mean, Undertaker's last ride. I hope it's off of a cliff and we don't <laughs> yeah, have to deal oh, I'm with you. I mean, I, I who cares about this guy? I don't care about this guy anymore. I didn't care about this guy ever. So you're really talking to the wrong guy because I was never an Undertaker guy. Yeah, yeah, we- and, and and I was, and I, I mentioned that in, the, in in you know there was a time where I was a big Undertaker guy. I mean, it was usually my like very early days of of watching pro wrestling, and I haven't been an Undertaker guy for now fucking you know 15 years at this point, but he's been around a while, or you know. So, but like, it's just to me, it's so it, it, it speaks to and 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 I kind of set up the question that way too. I said this is a company that claims that they are we're, we make moments, we make stars, we make moments, and it's like it's never been more obvious that a they don't make stars. But we've said that a million times. We've talked about that in every show. They don't make moments either. They think that they do, but they don't. They manufacture they them so hard that nothing actually is a moment. And something like this, which should be, it should be a, a monumental moment. It should have been, okay, this is the date that the fucking Undertaker is going to retire. That he's never going to wrestle again. This is it. And yes, it's a wrestling retirement. But there's still a way to do it where it's a very symbolic thing. It's, it's you know, whatever. And they have, like you said, they, they, they go to the well so many times. And they do that with a lot of their stuff. They just go to the well so many times, so many times, so many times that they've now rendered this where nobody cares. And like, this should be that moment. This should be a very protected moment because you're not, you don't, you don't have stars like The Undertaker ready to go to, you know, that, that are going to retire anytime soon or, or, or stars like The Undertaker that, that are going to be in this company for, for the rest of their lives like he was. I mean, you're John Cena's and Batista's. That generation, they're already gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those guys are gone, and they're not like Batista's probably never getting that moment. And even if he does, it's gonna feel half-assed, and he doesn't really—I don't think he really buys it, and he doesn't really need it. I mean, he's a Hollywood star now; he doesn't fucking need that. And, and John Cena's the same way too. Don't do something with John Cena down the line at, at some point. But he's a bigger deal than WWE now. You know, it, it'd be—you know—it'd be them kind of catering to him, as opposed to you know it, it being a symbiotic thing or whatever. And then you know Edge is still hanging around, but they'll do it with him. They'll do, they'll do, they'll absolutely do it a thousand times with Edge because they know that they have him. They know he's not going to Hollywood because his acting kind of stinks and he's really terrible. So he's not going anywhere. So they'll do it with him. They'll do it with Randy Orton. 
But that's it. And those, those again, are forced. Nobody actually buys that. Nobody's really going to be crying because Randy Orton's having his the final RKO or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, no one's going to give a shit about that. I think it's funny. I know it was different, and it wasn't the same kind of deal. But remember they said goodbye to Dean Ambrose about six or seven times? <laughs> yeah, he's like, all right, whatever. We were showing house shows. Remember that? We were doing house shows. Yes. The tour, yeah. the Dean Ambrose for a farewell tour. And it's like, what? The house, the house show from Des Moines, Iowa that they showed yeah. or whatever it was. And it's like, it was so funny because on, when he did the podcast with Wade Keller, he brought it up. He's like, I don't know, man. They had me say goodbye like four or five times. <laughs> I was, by the end of it, I'm like, how many times can I hug Seth and Roman? Like how many times are you going to make me go out there and wave goodbye to the crowd? He's like, I'm not saying goodbye to them. They're going to see me next month at AEW. It's just stupid. You know, they had him go out there legitimately. How many was it? at least four or five? Right? <sighs> somewhere around there. Yeah. Somewhere around there for sure. It was, it was pretty ridiculous at a certain point. Yeah. We were laughing. I remember I was laughing about it. Like, what are they doing? Yeah. The Des Moines house show, you know, the, the shield's last stand or whatever the hell it was called. So. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, I felt stupid. They kept making me go out there and I'm like, I'm all these fans are going to see me like in two weeks. He's like, he's like, why am I saying goodbye? You know, because that's just like the way he thinks, you know, he's not like he's like, why? You know, I'm not saying it, but but I think that was more them trying to say this guy's dead. He's finished. Yeah. You're never going to see him again. You know, that was more, you know, um, and kind of kissing his ass, too. You know, like like kind of trying to tell him, all right, you'll be welcome back or you can reconsider this. You know, we appreciate there's still time. Yeah, there's still time. And also telling the fans he's done, he's finished, he's going away, he's never going to wrestle again, forget about him, you know, because they knew he was going to land where they didn't want him to land. So his was a little different, but yeah, they, 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 you can't force these moments. I mean, sometimes you can manufacture a moment and it works. Other times it just kind of has to fucking happen, Mm -hmm, you know, and it's never organic anymore with them. So, and I think that even their own fans understand that. And that's why there's just. Because like you're saying, this isn't just our smarky fucking circle of people who don't give a shit about this kind of stuff. It's no no one cares about this. There's no buzz for this. Uh, we'll talk about the other uh, matches here on Survivor Series. The Battle of the Brands, Joe. I know you're you're itching to talk about Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. And don't worry. I'm all prepared to talk about this. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, prepared. you watched your three-hour Raw. You were ready to go. Um, I should. I, Can I, I explain to you how bad – like I know we do this once every two months. <laughs> every time I watch a Raw. It, it somehow manages to get worse it's and worse. It's utterly every atrocious. Yeah, it, it is atrocious. It's it's an atrocious television show. It's not even. Raw, it goes beyond wrestling. It's not a wrestling show anymore. I'm ready to say that at this point, I'm sitting there watching Raw and I'm watching Miz and Morrison do this awful comedy routine with Drew McIntyre, and it's just this weird studio thing. It is a really really bad three hour studio variety show. With some live action mixed in. That's the best way I would describe it to someone. If someone came from the planet Mars or came out of a coma that they've been in since 1790 and they were like, what is pro wrestling? What is, what is Monday Night Raw? That's how I would describe it. A really bad three-hour television show uh, with live action spliced in in between to break up the, the wacky segments. It doesn't even resemble wrestling anymore, you know, and some of the people there are good wrestlers. There's no doubt about it. They have a lot of good wrestlers, but what they present is no longer pro wrestling. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's not pro wrestling. It's so bad. It's it's I don't know what would compel anyone 
to sit down in front of their TV and watch this for three hours every week and then watch two hours of SmackDown. Yeah, and, and we always talk about those people that, that maybe jump into the show for the first time ever. Imagine you're, you're, you're either, you, you know, you see WWE Raw and you're, and you're – thing or you're uh, god forbid you're flipping around but even i don't think people flip anymore i think you just find it in the guide so you see it in the guide and for some reason you're compelled hey wwe monday night raw let me see what this is and you jump in on drew mcintyre <laughs> with his sword oh let me let me describe please this. describe this because imagine okay describe this in as much excruciating detail as humanly possible so people can really understand what you as a first-time viewer would see if, if i know nothing about wrestling i know nothing about drew mcintyre i have heard of wrestling i know hulk hogan and stone cold steve austin and the rock but i see wwe monday night raw and i go you know what this monday night football game is not working for me there's nothing on tv i've watched all my netflix shows let's see what wwe monday night raw has for me and you pop up drew mcintyre coming out for his match against Randy well, they, well they did well, yeah, they did Drew versus Orton for the title hour three, which speaks to what we talked yeah, about. Yeah, we were right again. Yeah, we were right again. So, but yeah, I mean, you're going to see more of this on all of these shows. And the third hour this week actually grew a little bit from the second hour, which um, you never see. I mean, the third hour always drops huge from the second hour. So as you can see, they're going to, you know, th- th- this worked. Yeah, which is so, historic, by the way. That's been going on. I mean, remember back in the days when they would stack Enzo Amore in the third hour? Because yes. he was like the only guy that would get the third hour. Like, that's how far back we're going with these. Yeah. And then somewhere along the line, they just said, fuck the third hour. And they put Ronda Rousey in like the end of hour two. And then the third hour would just be a bunch of dorks and geeks or whatever. Just so, let yeah. it die. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, so it worked, putting the title match there. And, of course, they did the title change, which was the that had the least buzz of any world title change I've ever seen. Oh, don't, you're going to upset. Oh, Joe, you're going to upset the Reddit folks again. So the mutants, no, but the you mutants know, are no. upset. No, but you know what? We really only upset the guy who started the thread this time because everybody else. That's true. Himself. Yeah, it's true. Everybody else is like, why is this? I mean, they suck. What are you talking about? Which is, is an interesting yeah, term. Like, so. this, this title change did suck and have no buzz and nobody cares. And it's just a tweet. Why are you posting the tweet? So, you know, they set that up. But earlier in the show, Seamus, for some reason, Tells Drew McIntyre that he has found a Scottish Claymore sword. And he's presenting Drew with this sword. Now, these two men, of course, are... I think Seamus is a heel, in fact. Although I'm not positive with that because it's hard to tell uh, these days what any of these people are. So he gives Drew this fucking sword, right? So Drew comes out for his entrance an hour later with the sword. He holds it up to the sky like he's fucking He-Man, Master of the Universe. <laughs> and while this is right? happening, I should I should note while this is happening too, uh, there's like an ungodly amount of crowd sweetening and noise. They're just like, yeah, it's just it's so loud with it's fake the, crowd noise. It is unbearably it, loud. Rich, it's not just the fake crowd noise; it's the bagpipe entrance music on top of the fake <laughs> right, bed. Right. So it's just this awful combination of irritating just sound, audio, yeah, just an audio fucking diarrhea in your ears. It's just things are happening. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And you can see the Thunderdome that no one's reacting to yeah. Drew McIntyre. This guy is not over. Nobody gives a fuck about Drew McIntyre. Are those even okay? live anymore? Or they just I think they just put them in the can. Those I forget well, if they're actually know. doing that. I don't even know if it's they're doing the Thunderdome people's people anymore. Face, they just people's faces looking <laughs> bored yeah. at Drew McIntyre. But meanwhile, you have all this crowd noise and you have the bagpipes playing. And it's just terrible collection of sound. But it gets worse because he lifts this sword up in the air like He-Man. 
And then he stabs the stage with the sword, right? He stabs the stage. And it and when he stabs the stage, it sets off fireballs all over the Thunderdome arena. And now he's coming to the ring. Oh, you, you uh, and Byron Saxon goes, whoa! <laughs> like, yes. Just like, oh my God, this man made fire. <laughs> like, was... so, so Drew McIntyre has a magic sword, that which makes... creates fireballs when he stabs the stage. There's bagpipes playing, <laughs> crowd sweetening, and now you've got like this <laughs> from the fireballs. All of these sounds <laughs> together. It's like ear piercing fucking just a, sh- a collection of fucking shit sounds. The, the, and, and Drew coming to the ring while the announcers are putting over his magic sword. So now even Drew McIntyre has a magic sword that he brings to the ring and stabs the stage with, which then creates a flume of fireballs inside of the Thunderdome. 30 minutes after we had to sit through a Firefly Funhouse where uh, the, the Fiend was doing karate moves. That, who would turn this show on and ever leave it on again? Clearly who, not, many people, not many people. Not many people. Less than ever. Answer. Yeah, less than ever. Yeah. It's so bad. It's not wrestling anymore. It really isn't wrestling anymore. I know I said this months ago, but I'm going to say it again. Vince McMahon has been spending decades telling us that what he does isn't pro wrestling. It's time that we started listening to him. Just believe him. He's, he's telling the truth. You know, don't fight that. Be like, okay, I agree, sir. Whatever this is, it isn't pro wrestling. It's horrible. There's no way that a normal person would turn this on and enjoy The only people watching this are people that desperately want it to be pro wrestling or think that it's some version of pro wrestling. Normal people are never watching this weird man with his magical sword create fireballs. It's awful. But uh, we have a new world champion, Rich. You fired up about that. Oh, I cannot wait for uh, the Drew McIntyre run. That's uh... Should be great, which is building to a uh, six-day build to a match with uh, Roman Reigns, right? Isn't yeah. that what's going uh, on champion here? Champion versus so, champion. Non-title, you... though. Non- non-title here. Just the battle for brand supremacy uh, with Drew McIntyre wearing a red shirt, I'm sure. Uh, so we got of... a one-week one week build to Drew and Randy, yep. and then we get a six-day build to Drew and Roman yep. for uh, for this epic encounter between yep. two long-time uh, classic world champions here that we've been waiting for years for these two men to face each other. Yeah, I've been put, uh, separated for years. Brand, just yeah, we've been waiting for years to see these men finally battle with the. I know it's line. I know it's only been six days, but it feels like I've been waiting for years to see this epic encounter between <laughs> these two men. Yeah. So, they fucking stink. Drew and his sword, Roman and his, his table. Will he bring the whole God. table out there? Afa, Sika. God, this company the fucking Usos, head of the table. It's terrible. The lay, he'll have the lay on too, you know. Irredeemably bad. It's so bad. It's so uh, bad. So the other thing that the thing I was joking about too, my my favorite part about Survivor Series is that, you know, and we know they're dorks, we know they're geeks, they're going nowhere. But why does Retribution not have a match on Survivor? Right? Like, wouldn't that be in the old days, this unit would come and they would have a match at Survivor Series, right? They're yes. not on Survivor Series at all. Rich, they, they beat Team Raw on Raw this week, though. Right. Because AJ put Team Raw. T- he's not the captain. He's not the captain. Yeah, it's all about the captain. Who's who's going to be the captain of these teams? There's no actual benefit to being the captain, but everybody wants to be the captain. It's, it's, everybody wants it's to riveting. be the captain. It's riveting television, I'll tell you that. Yes. 
So he put his team to the test, and they lost to Retribution. Yeah. What are they going to do when they get in there with Team SmackDown? Yeah, they better Retribution. shape up or ship out, because it's Team Raw, AJ Styles, who's been on Raw for literally three weeks. Uh, Keith yeah. Lee, Sheamus, the man who gifts the swords. Does he, so he does, does he have a sword, too, or does he just gift swords? No, he just, I guess because he comes from the same general region of the globe, he's the one who found uh, Drew's gl- uh, sword. Was it from, like, Even a rock? I, Is this, like, a King Arthur situation, or was it just, like, a family heirloom that he... I think they just think Ireland and Scotland are the same thing. Okay, I, that's, that's pretty much what. It, remember last week how you said they'll probably bring in a Korean guy and just say that he's Chinese or something. Yeah, because they don't care. It's the same thing. Like Ireland and Scotland, eh? It's close enough. So we'll just have the Irish guy give him the sword. <laughs> uh, Ron Strowman is on this team as well, and then Riddle. Yeah. Riddle. Riddle. You know, Riddle gives everybody wacky nicknames now. <laughs> Did you know that? That's his thing. He gives everybody a wacky nickname. So and 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 they all say stop with the nick. Strowman goes stop with the nicknames, man. And then hilarity ensues. So that that's the deal. Sounds, and they're all mad hilarious. because they're all mad because AJ thinks he's the captain. Yeah, but, he's not the captain. Yeah, not the captain. Come on, no, Ron Strowman's the captain, the captain or, or or you know Keith Lee is the captain. Someone's the captain, but it's not AJ. I'll tell you that. Uh, well, you know, Lee, AJ says I am the captain now. You know, it's yeah. like I, I'm waiting for them to do that. Why that? How have they not done that? Vince McMahon has never seen that movie. Line? That's like an like a classic movie line that they look at me, look at me. I am the captain now. Like you, how can you have everyone fighting over to be captain on all these teams? They haven't done that line. That's one that would actually get a pop. I don't know. So Team Raw has been pure comedy. They face Kevin Owens, Jay Uso, <laughs> who's not the head of the table. By not the head Jay of the table. Uso. He's at the table, but he's not the head of the table. But as you predicted, turned heel a week later. I, and they, I really thought they would stretch that out a little more. So they literally stretch it out for six days. So um. yeah, uh, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and the old always dangerous TBD Rich yeah. is on that team SmackDown. Um, people love this Roman Uso story. They think it's just they think it's Academy Award winning oh, shit. Just high art wrestling at its finest. It's like, I mean, God. and I, I don't look. I don't like shitting on things on purpose that people like. No, nah, like, no, nah, we could do full. You could do that for this because this is fucking trash. But so. I mean, it's really not as good as people think. I mean, it's the two most overrated matches you'll ever see in your life. These two guys just bantering at each other. I mean, we've been over that. Um, now Roman's doing a good job. I mean, he's more interesting than he's ever oh, been. Oh, for sure. I oh, no win. doubt. I mean, he he this this is probably the role he was he'd been born to play for years and years and years. For yeah. sure, cuz he kind of always yeah. kind of has a dickish look to him. So, uh, uh yeah, no. I think he's doing great stuff, but of course, as like him subtly talking in a match has now been the subtlety hammer that we talk about with WWE is now just oh, yeah. fucking. Yeah. I mean, they, they now his matches are that he talks as opposed to, you know, just kind of including it a little bit in 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 the actual matches itself. So, Rich, this is not pro wrestling anymore. Yeah, you're right. No, it is. Yeah, it, it, you're absolutely it's right. Just, yeah, we, we've, it, we've been fighting that for years. We've been fighting that for 20 years at this point. And you're absolutely right. It's now time where we just kind of consider it not wrestling anymore. So Yeah, it's just not pro wrestling. It's it's I don't know what it is, but it's not pro wrestling. What it is is just bad. Uh, Nia Jack, Shayna Baszler, Lana, Lacey Evans, and Peyton Royce versus Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, uh, Liv Morgan, and two members to be determined because they <laughs> – they just planned this stuff out so well that we're three days before the event and we still don't know who's on these teams. Um, why is Lana – I don't know why we're doing this. <laughs> you're going to make me try to explain why Lana gets put through a table for the last nine weeks in no. a row? No. Oh. I want you to explain why she's on this team when Nia Jax clearly has no respect for her and doesn't care about her and thinks she stinks. 
Why is she even on the team then? Uh, didn't she win a qualifier? So she has to be on the team? <laughs> she won a qualifier. Even though Nia Jax <laughs> puts her through a table every week? <laughs> she won a qualifier. All right. No I, mean, I have no clue. The bigger, the, the better question is, okay, they couldn't wait to break up Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, which is fine. Whatever. They stunk. They're garbage. Yeah. So they just immediately put her in a tag team with Lacey Evans. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, it's like breaking up the Rockers, then putting Shawn Michaels with, like, you know, insert, like, the Red Rooster. It's like, ah, Shawn Michaels and Terry Taylor. Here we go. And it's like, what? Like, no, you break yeah. them up because you're going to do something with one of them. You don't just break them up and then have them go to other teams. Well, you can't do anything with either of them independently because they're then don't break them up just have them be a shitty tag team that people pretend i agree good. stop yelling at yeah, me i agree just have, them have people have stands pretend that they're good when they're actually fucking trash well the thing is like at least royce and k were entertaining outside the ring and had good chemistry what's the point of teaming point peyton royce with lacey evans like where's that going they have no chemistry they're not entertaining they're not good so what's the point I, you know, just keep the other two together and let them be a fun, entertaining prelim act, which is what they've always been. It's another thing people argued with us about. They were a fun little entertaining prelim act. So I agree with you. I don't, what are we doing? The next match is <laughs> Bobby Lashley defending the intercon. Well, I don't know. If, I think this might be non title too, but it's so US all these title. are non title. None of these are, these are all just for brand supremacy. You just want so badly for your brand, Joe. The brand that you watch, the one that you are invested in, whether you're a raw person or a SmackDown person, your brand. There is no such thing as a raw person <laughs> or a SmackDown person. It doesn't exist. I don't know, like, Joe. Bobby Lashley's going to come out in a red shirt to defend his brand, so um, I think you're wrong. You know, I think if I were promoting pro wrestling, I too would give matches less stakes to try to get people to buy them. <laughs> right, That's a good right, idea. Right. Let's make sure all these are non-title and have less stakes because – this way, you know, we wouldn't want people to buy network subscriptions to see who comes out of this as double champions. We don't want any of that nonsense. Get out of here with that flim flam. Yeah, let's just have random matches between people that their only grudge is that I wrestle on Mondays and you wrestle on Fridays. So. Even though I wrestled on Fridays three weeks yes, ago. Yes, even though we before. just had a draft yeah, a month ago and, and many of these people were on different brands than they are right now. So. Also, Sami Zayn says publicly now that he has lost his passion for wrestling. Perfect. So. Great. Awesome. One of the, one of the, great, that, in, one of the great indie wrestlers of all time. An incredible yeah. guy. A guy that, oh my God, some of the matches that I saw him live as an El Generico, the, the, yeah. the NXT matches of Sami Zayn, one of the most passionate wrestlers, one of the most just guys that you could attach yourself to because you knew he cared so much about this and had such great characters and such great facials and, and such great matches. That dude fucking hates wrestling now. Great. Thank you. Lost his passion, doesn't care, just does it for the paycheck and just goes to work and, you know, does Fucking what he's fantastic. told. Thanks, guys. Yeah. yeah. I hugged that so, man when he beat he beat Kevin Steen on an ROH thing and I was in the front row and he was hugging everybody and everybody was just jumping up and down as he finally defeated Kevin Steen and put him away and we're, you know, yeah, it, it's awesome. It's great. Well, I mean, you know, and it's like they do nothing with him for like years and then he says he loses his passion for wrestling and they <laughs> push him to the front <laughs> <laughs> God, this company fucking stinks. It fucking stinks. Irredeemably bad. Uh, New Day, they are the Raw Tag Team Champions. <laughs> yes, they are. Of course, they are. They are facing Street Profits. They are the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Rich, 
I regret to inform you that this is not for either set of tag it's team for, titles. It's the red band brand versus the blue brand, man. I mean, this this stuff's important. No, I, listen. One of these I, men is gonna, you know, one group of these men are gonna wear red shirts, and the other group is gonna wear blue shirts. And it, it's where do you stand? I don't know why you're not listening to me. I agree that they should not give these matches additional <laughs> right. stakes. Nobody likes having additional stakes when they watch pro wrestling matches. We like our pro wrestling matches to be as meaningless as possible. So I, again, Rich, I agree. I don't want this to be for the titles. So uh, we're just going to watch New Day and Street Profits go out there and, uh, you know, mix it up, a little exhibition of uh, pro wrestling talent, and uh, someone will win and someone will lose. And <laughs> it won't matter at all. <laughs> it won't matter at all. That's the next exactly day, it will not matter. So that's uh, exactly. how you want your wrestling for sure. That's what I want my wrestling. I'm going to ask you, you know what? I'm going to make a note right now on my calendar. And I am going to ask you who won the New Day Street Profits match for brand supremacy at Survivor Series on a random date in the future on a show. I'm going to ask you that. And I guarantee you don't remember who won the match or a single detail about it. Um, Asuka is the Raw Women's Champ. She will take on the boss, <laughs> Sasha Banks. It'll be boss time uh, in the match. For brand supremacy on Sunday. Smackdown Women's Champ. Uh, Rich, I regret to inform you that neither title is at stake in this bout. This is a uh, non-title bout for brand supremacy. Uh, One of the things front and center on Sasha Banks' mind always is that Smackdown reigns supreme over Raw. So they've made that clear in their storytelling for years and years. And it would really be embarrassing for her to lose to a Raw wrestler. So the stakes are high here. As uh, Asuka takes on Sasha Banks. And then we have, as we talked about, I mean, I don't know about you, but this has been six days in the making. Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. Dominant champion versus dominant champion. We're really going to see who's the head of the WWE table in this one, Rich. The sword versus the table. The Yeah, the, 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 the yeah, SmackDown versus Raw. Red versus Blue. I mean, there's, oh my God, you can't, you can cut the tension with a knife. For WWE Survivor Series 2020, so uh, there you go. Um, we'll maybe have a preview. I think we'll have a review. I don't know anymore. <laughs> we have a preview. Lee Malone. Yes. Yeah. I might jump in. Since I was going to say, else... you going to be a coward. You going to jump in? What are you doing? Oh, I mean, I try to keep all my written content behind the paywall where we can make a little money off of it. But um, since nobody else offered, <laughs> desperate times are unfortunately calling for desperate measures here. So. I may have to jump in on that one. Um, and listen, after the tremendous preview that I gave it here, uh, on audio, <laughs> everyone's ready to read I, that. Yeah. People are waiting to, you know, to check out what I have. I like when the I best part about this. The best part about this is you just watched a three hour raw two days yeah. ago. I yeah. didn't. And yet you added nothing new and that's not against you. I'm not saying anything against you, yeah. but that just speaks to it. Like I had not watched that show. I read a recap of it. You watched that show and you had the exact amount of of intrigue and, and interest and storyline development that I had. Except, I guess you told me that Riddle gave people fake names and that you described in detail Drew's sword. And that's all that we have to go on. Yeah. I and mean, then Sammy I, hates wrestling now. So I just relate to you what they what they did on the build on Raw. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. That's what I watched. Um, that was the build, sir. There we go. All right. Well, and that's Riddle, sort of it. Riddle's, Riddle's, Riddle's nicknames are tremendous, too. Like, he calls Sheamus Firehead. Yeah. He's got red hair. Get yeah, it? Yeah, I get it. That's what, what, What's he called Braun? Um, I don't know. But AJ <laughs> gave him AJ gave them all red Raw shirts. And um, it was a funny gag because 
they were all the same size. And Braun was like, what oh, is this? Oh, my. Braun's not going to be able to fit into that shirt. <laughs> no, you, oh, no Braun, said, Braun said, what is this, baby gap? So you could baby see the kind of <laughs> high comedy. God. That going, oh, my what is, God. What is this, baby gap? Is baby gap around anymore? And Keith Lee said, maybe I could fit this on my tricep. <laughs> and, and then AJ. Oh, you know, I am grabbing my stomach and it's, laughing. It's side-splitting humor on this show it's a variety show rich There's okay so here november 9th i don't know if that this is i think we're a week old here um yes aj was skipper presumably because he's the captain he's not the captain well he's skipper oh that's so that's why he's skipper because he's not the captain right i get he's it not the captain. yeah <laughs> a gilligan's island reference in 2020 perfect great <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome perfect uh braun Strowman is mongoose years old rich it's only 60 years old but... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Skip. i've seen one episode of the fucking gilligan's island that's the last show vince has watched is yeah. gilligan. he uh, watched it in north carolina after he's <laughs> After he shoved leaves up his cousin's vagina, he watched Gilligan's Island. That's and his stepdad Vince... crushed his trucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, little, little Vincent McMahon playing in the backyard. His stepdad came and kicked all of his trucks. So Vincent goes, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm old, everyone's going to have trucks and cars. <laughs> I shoved crushed leaves up her vagina. It was sexy. I was going to ask if that's a real story, but I, I'm sure that you couldn't make that up on your own. So I'm not going to ask more about the. Uh, no, the that was a that's a real quote from the Playboy interview. I didn't make that up. Interesting. He, he said his first sexual experience was shoving crushed leaves up his cousin's vagina when they were like you know adolescents, and going to the movie theater with his older brother and his female friends, and they they diddled his little weenie in the movie theater. Okay. This is what he said in the Playboy. Yeah. Movie. All right. No, I think you might understand the man better now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the, he yeah. was molested in a movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it, the, the weird sexual tension that is is permeated WWE television for all those years. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. I don't. I, the Leafs thing is is strange. I don't. Uh, I don't Bizarre. Know. Look at Google the Vince McMahon play. I'd rather theater. not. I really would rather not. So. I can't believe you never read that. It's it's yeah. I mean you know. Bix tweets about it once every six months. How do, not, how do you not know about the Vince Playboy interview? Come on. Oh, God. Bro Lee is Keith Lee's nicknames. Bro Lee. And Seamus is Fireface. What is Bro Lee? Bro, Bro Lee. Bro Lee. There's some it, weird Bro. racial tension with that. I'm sure. I just don't know what it is. So no, um, well, well, Riddle, <laughs> Riddle, not Matt Riddle. Riddle calls people bro. No, I'm aware of that. Yes, but why is he Bro Lee? <laughs> because he calls people bro. So he has no he's... good nickname for him. He's got these great nicknames for all these other people, and he's got Lee, uh, Bro Lee. Rich, none of them are great. Okay, what are you talking right. about? He calls Seamus Firehead. For your face, actually, is what this thing says. So. I, I've got a three-year-old in the house who would have came up with that. It's because the man has red hair. I mean, it's like none of these are great. So you're thinking, it. of course, Bro Lee is as simple as it comes across. He says Bro, and the man's name is Lee. There's nothing else to it. I know you wish there was. <laughs> Rev Pro Epic Encounters 5, Joe. Uh, Rev Pro. Oh, we're moving on. We are, right. I think we are, are done with World Wrestling Entertainment for... 
ever. Maybe <laughs> that's <how I'm> <laughs> it's so bad. Is that it? It's terrible. I mean, what I do we know. say anymore? It, it is. And we push it to the third hour. So, like, people don't – because a lot of people get annoyed. Like, oh, they say – you know the grumps that listen to the yeah, show? Yeah, like, I don't like – I still cover it if you hate it. <laughs> like, There's we... that section of grumps who are, like, they just – they're like, ah, oh, why do you – it's so annoying. I said, well, all right. Well, we've pushed it to the – we understand that this is not for everyone. I don't know how else you want me to cover this shit. So we pushed it to the third hour so you can just X out after the fucking Dragon Gate and you don't have to deal with it. But a lot of people love when we don't know what to say about WWE. We don't plan any of this. It just what do you else you want me to say? Rev Pro. Epic Rev Pro. Epic Encounters 5. Five. Yeah, you saw the show. I did not see the show, so I'm going to lead you through this. Uh, you can let me know. I will probably watch it at some point. But uh, overall thoughts on uh, Epic Encounters Five. You know, we we've been talking about all these ones. We've kind of covered them. Uh, you've said that it's one of the best books. You know, indies. It's one of the best book wrestling. Uh, companies right now. You've been loving the stuff they've done. Uh, did Epic Encounters 5 uh, reach kind of the highs of the other ones? Yeah, great show. Um, two notebook matches, which will get hiccups. Every every fucking week with the hiccups. What's going on? Um, didn't I have hiccups last week? Uh, I, I don't know if it was last week, but uh, yeah, a, a few moments ago, or a few uh, weeks ago, I should say. <sighs> All right, let me try to... Anyway, yeah, um, two notebook matches. We'll get to those as you walk me through the show, and I tell you about these matches. Um, I, I'm, I've changed my view on Rip Pro. It's not the best booked indie in the way. It, it might be the best booked promotion in the world this year. I mean, it's just it, we've talked about it a million times. I mean, everything makes sense. One thing leads to the other. Rich, you're going to love what they did. at the. Well, maybe you won't. At the end of this show, they made a big announcement after the title match. So I'll get to walk you through that and get your uh, – natural reaction of what they're doing with the title moving forward yeah i'm interested i actually have no idea so i'm 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 really interested in what they uh what they do there so okay let's uh we'll, we'll jump it up uh, do you want me to start at the top of the show and work our way up yeah yeah top of the show yeah. all right so the top of the show mad kurt uh defeats robbie x yeah i mean it's a mad kurt match it wasn't kind of know what it is like, yeah it starts off with shtick but he doesn't like he doesn't overdo the shtick throughout the entire match here and robbie x is a guy who I really think he's an excellent worker. He just has a terrible look. We've talked about this. But, um, you know, Mad Kurt wins this one. You know, these are prelim guys, and it was a prelim match, and it was fine. You know, fine little two- and three-quarter star match or whatever. It's like your mileage is going to vary with Mad Kurt. If he was a constant presence throughout these shows and getting into main events, and I'd hate this, and I probably wouldn't watch these shows. But he's a prelim guy, and he's out of the way after the first match. Uh, Connor Mills and Michael Oku, uh, they defeat the team of Callum Newman and J.J. Gale. Go out of your way to watch this. You're this sounds this. awesome. This sounds really, really cool. I'm reading those names right there, and there's yeah, four, four out of four guys that I'm interested in, three out of the four that I think are tremendous pro wrestlers, and then two out of two that I think are like future you know, potential stars. So, yeah, I'm really excited to watch that. Yeah, four guys they are pushing real hard as young wrestlers, and you know, Mills and Oku came together um, you know, a couple shows ago as a tag team. And Newman and Gale, I mean, these are the two young guys who we are always raving about. And this took a while uh, to really kick into gear, but when it did, this was incredible. The closing stretch here was awesome. Um, did they do a little too much? Probably. Were there a couple of spots where guys were out of position? There was one spot where Mills was out of position for a high spot, and he kind of scooted his butt to get in position. Look, these are young wrestlers, so you're going to have you know a little bit of awkwardness here or there. But... Um, you know, overall, this kicked ass, and the closing stretch was incredible. The finish was great, 
and um, easy notebook match. I'd say about four and a quarter for this. So uh, awesome match. Uh, best two out of three falls. Uh, they've been doing the series here. This was match number five. They were tied up. Uh, and this was the the one to uh, I think or no are they still they're still at just two one right? No, this is it. This, this is was, it. Also, oh, this was five. This was the last one. Okay, I I, I, okay. I misread my own notes, but here's the confusion. This was match number five, but it was two out of three. That's falls. right. That's right. Right. It's best two out of three falls of a best of five series. That's where I got screwed up. Uh, Brennan White defeats kind of half penny. Uh, two falls to one to end the series and and win uh, the best two out of three falls match here. And if you've watched all five matches, then. Oh, God. Loud text. Did that come through? It did. Yeah, I thought you were, like, shaving. I was like, we can wait four minutes if you want. I thought I was on silent, but I was on the buzzer gimmick. Um, Vibrate. (laughs) Buzzer gimmick. Isn't that just been called vibrate forever? Uh, Vibrate, yeah, since uh, about, yeah, 2002. But, yes, go ahead. Since since beepers existed, that's been called vibrate. Um, I'm going to stick with buzzer gimmick, though. Uh, this was, uh, if you've been following this and watching all five matches, there was a lot of callbacks. Um, half penny went for the trip that they've been doing in all these matches early and he whiffed on it. Um, they blew through it. You know, the falls were quick. The first two falls were very quick Lucha style, uh, quick falls, but not in a sloppy. We don't care about these falls way. They were logical falls. They were just quick. And then, uh, the third fall was most of the match and white ends up winning, the best of five series. So these are those contenders and they're nice little workers. Um, you know, they have no look, they have no charisma. They're just out there to, uh, uh, to, to, to do the basics and very similar to the young lions in Japan. Uh, the Odeo Tai team, uh, Bia Priestley and Jamie Hader defeat Bobby Tyler and Zoe Lucas. Um, yeah, 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 I was going to say that's, it seems yeah. like just kind of pushing Odeo Tai. Um, more than anything, right? Yeah. Just, yeah, these two are, are clearly better than their, their opponents, and they win this match. So, Well, they did an angle earlier in the show where um, Tyler and Lucas, they attacked, um, her name is escaping me, the woman who got the title shot on the last show against Giselle Shaw. Um, what the heck is her name? It's a bad time to blame. Are you thinking of Aaliyah? Are you thinking of Aaliyah James or whatever? Yes, they attacked her early in the show, and Priestley and Hater ran them off, and that so they did a little angle to set the match up. So that's what I mean. There's never just meaningless matches on these shows. It's always something to set it up, and then uh, you know the match was fine. Yeah. How many of these did they record in one day or one weekend? By the way, because like that's we, we got to be running that up. Is that is that yeah. what comes up in the final? Well. I'm going to ask you about that because I'm starting to wonder. This is five full shows of matches. <laughs> right. How tired were these people? Uh, that, yeah, like, game? dude, what What a – like, the fact that any of these matches are still good is is a fucking miracle because, yeah, like, what do you get? Like, an hour between? <laughs> you got to go out there and have another 20-minute match? Like, Well, it's very mysterious, and, you know, all the Brits were pissed off that they taped these things. But we don't know whether it took place over the course of a weekend or one day or a week. No one really knows. I mean, they all, it could have been each show was – but I don't know. But what's coming up at the end, it makes me think that maybe they taped again. It's, but it's all the same people on all the shows. Right. So it's not like, you know, anyway, I don't know. We'll, we'll Will's the dead giveaway. The, the second Will stops being on the show, then I will assume that they may be coming back and done new stuff or whatever. But, yeah, as long as Will's there. Um, well. Maybe. All right, we'll get to the end. Well, yeah, that hold that thought. Okay, Let's all right, go. all right, all right, all right. So, yeah, Dan Maloney uh, and Shaw Samuels. Dan Maloney gets the win here uh, defeating Shaw Samuels. Okay, so Shaw returned. He attacked Maloney on the last show. That was the big surprise return. And he 
beat the living shit out of Maloney and the referee kept checking on Maloney to make sure he was okay. And Samuels could have put him away, but he didn't. And then Maloney ended up beating him in the end. So Samuels overzealousness and overconfidence got to him, but it wasn't done in a cheap WWE way. Like you're like, it's being described. You know what I mean? It sounds like a cheesy, like Maloney wins with a schoolboy after getting his ass kicked the whole match and then runs up the ramp. And it wasn't really like that. It's hard to describe, but it was well done. And Samuels ended up, you know, uh, looking like an asshole by the end of it. And Maloney, it, it actually, even though it doesn't sound like it, it came across like a stronger win for Maloney than is being described. I just have no other way to describe it. Uh, and then our main events here, RevPro un- uh, Undisputed British Heavyweight title match. I assumed this is Ricky Knight Jr. maybe getting the win here, defeating Will because Will was going to go to Japan and, and, and not be back here. Uh, but that is not the case. Will Ospreay defeats Ricky Knight Jr., uh, how was this match? Because I'm really looking forward to watching it and, and a match that I really anticipate. They've done a great job of building to this uh, over the prior four shows. So uh, how how was this one? What, 20 minutes, just under 20 minutes. No, nah, it was great. It was great. Um, you know, uh, nice story told. Will really dominated him early. You know, he had him in a, a tight side headlock, and his story was Ricky Knight couldn't figure out how to get out of it. And Osprey had answers for all of his early stuff. And then obviously Knight, as the match moves along, is able to get some of his shit off and it was hard hitting and well worked. And um, even though Osprey won, it was a, you know, clearly the next step in Ricky Knight Jr.'s elevation as he's one of these guys that they're trying to make. Really, these first five Epic Encounter shows were all about making Ricky Knight Jr. and elevating him. He came into these shows as the, as the uh, Southside Wrestling, you know, X Division champion or whatever. And he exits these first five shows as a guy who came within a hair of winning the Rev Pro undisputed British heavyweight title. So in five shows, they completely elevated this guy into a heavyweight contender when he came into it as a cruiserweight champion from another company. Yeah. So <laughs> just brilliant stuff and well-worked and Willow spray did a great job with him as he's done with Callum Newman and JJ Gale and, and, um, and Kyle Fletcher and, and, you know, all of the matches that he's had on, on these shows and um, yeah, I, another easy notebook match. I'd go four and a quarter on this too. And um, I, I just wanted to say here that that is going to be, I think, Will Ospreay's legacy in, in wrestling. I, I don't know who knows what the next five, ten years are going to bring or whatever, but yeah. the legacy might be the incredible matches, the best in Super Junior matches with Ricochet, the the flippy doos, the Shingo match, all that sort of stuff. To me, what I'm going to always remember about this guy, and I, again, we'll see what happens with these guys because we don't know what five, ten years down the line are. But the amount of stars that this guy maybe had a hand in creating and getting to the next level and working his ass off to push. I mean, it, it, it's Hiroshi Tanahashi level in terms of, like, doing everything he fucking can to get Callum Newman and J.J. Gill and Ricky Knight. The list goes on. And, and, and fucking Robbie you, Eagles. That goes down to Robbie Eagles. It goes down to any play. Anytime he would come to a company. We, you know, we used to say that. Like, you would have to convince him. No, just, Will, beat this guy. Like, who cares? Like, it's fine. Like, you're Will Ospreay. He's like, no, 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 no. Have him beat me. And, like, it worked. I mean, Robbie Eagles became a guy. Got signed. I mean, Robbie Eagles would have never, ever left Australia. I, I, you know, at this point, he would never be in best of the super juniors without somebody like Will Ospreay. And, and, and who knows what's going to happen with these guys? Who knows what's going to happen with Newman and Gale and, and, and Mills and Ricky Knight Jr. and even Oku to an extent? Like, I have no clue. I have no idea. But goddamn, he's trying. He really is. He's, he's, he's setting the stage for these guys. And I, I cannot wait. I mean, this is not something that he's going to all of a sudden stop doing at, at a certain point. I mean, maybe his push in New Japan will force him to stop doing it. 
at some point if they ever push him this way. But as long as he's kind of whatever this is right now, and as long as he's at a certain level, this dude, I mean, that that could be his legacy. It's just like setting the stage for the next 15 to 20 guys you know, that come down the pipeline, you know, might have a relation to, to, to Will Ospreay and, and, and have had a match against him where he's done all he can to make them, uh, you know, important. Well, Ricky Knight Jr. is going to be a guy in whatever's left of the British scene when the dust settles on yeah, the smoldering so, <laughs> abyss that is and the there might scene. and there might be no British scene or I don't know what's going to be left of the British scene but Ricky Knight Jr. is going to be a guy they made him a guy on these shows he's a guy and you know this match you know he Osprey hit an os cutter and they did the one count kick out for Ricky Knight Jr. And he got up and I thought okay this is going to make or break whether this is a good match or not depending on how they handle this one count kick out and he got up and he defiantly wanted to strike with Osprey at that point, but he was like a boxer on his last legs, wobbly legged, falling into the ropes. He was just refusing to get pinned on that Os cutter and Osprey just peppered him with rights and lefts and elbows. And just cause the guy was dead on his feet, you know? And then he hit him with a, uh, a, uh, a back elbow to the back of the head. And, then set up the hidden blade and Knight ducked the hidden blade. And then he got like a near fall on a crucifix. And then Osprey put him away, you know, a couple moments after that, where he was like, okay, fuck this kid. He doesn't want to die. So he then hit him with a, he then did eventually hit the hidden blade and then hit the, uh, whatever he calls the, the storm breaker and he beat him. So, you know, the match again, like the tag match, they may have done a little too much, but it never got super excessive and the work was great. And that one count kick out and that's everything that happened after it is kind of what made Ricky Knight here in this match. So it was very well done from that perspective. Even if I didn't like him ducking the hidden blade, I think he should have just lost to the hidden blade instead of ducking it. Um, And when you watch the match, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, But still a great match. And the post-match is what was interesting because Ospreay cut the promo as Ricky Knight was being carried out by the handlers. And he said that he's beaten everybody now and there's no one left to face. So there's going to be an eight-man tournament, double elimination for the South Side heavyweight title. Okay? And the winner of that tournament is going to be the South Side heavyweight champion, and then at some point down the line, Will says he will face that man in a unification match and will have a true undisputed British heavyweight champion. So this is where I think Will Ospreay goes away to Japan. Mm-hmm. Okay, makes sense now. And they're going to tape this tournament. It's an eight-man tournament, double elimination. And the first two entries are Ricky Knight Jr. and Dan Maloney because – well, I got ahead of myself because then he, he he's cutting this promo on Ricky Knight Jr. and explaining to him that he can enter this tournament if he wants another crack at, at him. And then they like begrudgingly shake hands, right? So they get Ricky Knight Jr. out of there. He's holding his head. He's dead. And then Willow Spray's music hits and he's celebrating and then Maloney attacks him. And then Maloney hits him with like his pile driver finish and everything. And then Maloney announces his intentions to also enter the tournament. So the first two entrants of the tournament are RKJ and Maloney. We don't know who the other six guys are yet, but it's going to be double elimination, 
eight guys. It starts on December 5th. So I assume that's an air date. And that's coming up in a couple weeks. So I think they probably filmed this while Will was in Japan because he doesn't need to be on these shows. Right, right. Okay, that makes all Because I was wondering when we were going to get to the point when this this weekend or this day or whatever the hell marathon of tapings uh, ended and they started doing new tapings. But I think we, we finally got that. I, I assumed that it was going to be this, that the, the end of kind of the Will arc was Ricky Knight Jr. beating him. But I, I don't mind that. I actually like that because I don't think there's anybody that has reached the level. I, like, it would be way too early to get the title to Ricky Knight Jr. And there's nobody Absolutely. on the roster that, that is that is is ready for Will right now. So that's perfect. Uh, he goes away for a little bit, says, I beat all you geeks or, you know, I beat all you guys or whatever. Not geek. I mean, obviously, he, he does a great job building those guys up. Uh, but I right. beat everybody. So I'm going, you know, I'll go away for a little bit. You guys figure it out when you're ready. When you have somebody who's ready to challenge me they can come and face me, and, and, and that then would be a great moment, provided they do a good job and, and, and get to that point. That would be a great moment for that person, whoever it may be, uh, to, to, to knock Will off or, or, or whatever they do. But, yeah, I, I like that. That's kind of cool, actually. I, 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 I love that sort of, in a way, episodic, but also in a way, like, you, you know where you're going because you're basically filming it all in one weekend or whatever, which is cool. That lets me know that they care, and there's, 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 there's you know, so far, they've, they're, they're five for five in terms of, to, to me, I haven't seen the, the, the show, but the way you're describing it, uh, five for five and, like, telling really good stories with these top parts of the card and, and with these up-and-coming stars. So uh, I'm excited uh, to see to see the second batch of, of tapings. I have no reason to believe that all of a sudden they're going to turn into, like, total horseshit. You know what I mean? Like No, no, look. From a logic standpoint, this is the best book promotion in the world to me this year. From a logic standpoint. Now, you can't base it on business or anything. These are empty arena shows. We don't know. You know what I mean? Something like 500 people were watching it for free on YouTube, which a lot of people thought was bad. But it's like I don't think people understand how few people watch this stuff to begin with. Yeah, nobody watches any wrestling. <laughs> like, there's, there's, okay, I'll give you an example. There's – the last Noah Corkin show was on a Bima for free. And the main event had one, 1.2, had 1,200 views worldwide free. Noah main event Corkin hall, 1200 views. When I watched it a, like a week after the show happened. So it, it's not like it was the next day, a week later it had 1200 views. I wouldn't expect more than a few hundred people to be watching this rev pro show. I think people have the wrong idea like of how many people watch this small niche kind of wrestling. It's not that many people to begin with. So um, those numbers didn't surprise me. But, yeah, I think that this is probably when – whenever this set of tapings ended, this was probably the last show. I just get that impression. So we'll probably get some new faces for this tournament when a new batch of people come in for whenever the next taping was. Which I'm presuming happened already because the, the first show is on the 5th. Today's the 18th. Maybe they're taping it between now and then. I don't know. Something tells me the whole thing is in the can. I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm just assuming. There's it's fly like dogs. A, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. It may have well, happened they have fucking. Because for, they have to be because for some reason everybody complains. And they, have, they don't want to deal with it. So they just do it on the sly and get it all in the can. Um, you know, and, you know, it's. So they can't be out there and be telling because you know how it is. It's everyone's real touchy over there right now. So you got to be very careful. But, um, you know, so I'm interested because they did say, oh, we're going to try to bring in. They t- they said RKJ and Maloney. And then they said they're going to try to bring in the other top names from the UK. So I assume there'll be some. No one new... left, but OK. <laughs> we'll yeah. See. Good luck with that. Yeah. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> but so I just assume there'll be new new names in the mix in this one. or Or maybe they did tape all of this at the same time, too. And it's just going to be. Shaw Samuels and 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 
I don't even know who Kyle Fletcher. And I don't even know if there's eight guys, honestly, uh, that are heavyweights to that. So they have to bring in a few new ones, but, um, Look, the way that Rep Pro's been booked, I think it almost helps them to have to do five shows at once. Yeah, more, more companies should have to do this. I, I love this. This is this is old school, man. This is like we always talk about. Like back in the day, you know, you're running a, a house show loop or whatever uh, in WWE. Like, you know, that you had to kind of – you were either going to tape a bunch of shit all at once. I mean, the, the Raws, they used to tape multiple Raws in one night. They used to tape, you know, multiple yeah. shows in one night. They would cut promos for, for things going a month down the line. They would cut, you know, backstage stuff for months down the line. And it forces you to say, hey, what's our fucking story? What story are we sticking with? Who's winning what titles? Who's winning what matches? You know, like – I lo- that's I, you're, you're probably better off. You're better off not having yeah, to think it, week to week. Just say, all right. Because you have, okay, we've got these 14 people to work with, and we've got to build five shows around right, these right, right, 15 right. people. So let's come up with stories for everyone. And that's what they did. Right. They Every probably go to the last show. They probably go to the last show. Where do we want to go with this guy? How do we want, you know, what's the final yep. night going to be? Okay, how do we get there with these guys? That That, and that and is backwards. I love that shit. That's wrestling to me. That is awesome. <laughs> I wish and more I wrestling like did that. It's, it's probably easier for people to, to do it this way. And it's probably why it came across. Because listen, Rev Pro was never a company that got praised for their book. No, 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 not at all. Okay, a lot of bullshit finishes and WWE Just attitude error. Yeah, stuff. a lot of attitude error bullshit. So and stuff that like would make sense, but then it it would frustrate you because then it wouldn't. This has been the best book stretch of Rev Pro ever, and I think it's because whoever's doing it. They had to get in a room. They had 15 names to work with, and they had to lay out stories for all of them, and then they did it all in one day. And it's like worked it, – and it's been just so – the logic has been impeccable because they just laid out all five shows. They knew who they had to work. And it's indie wrestling. You never know who you have from show to show half the time. So that makes it difficult too. Here, they knew who they had for the next five months. Here they are. Lay out the shows. Write a story for each person. Who do we want to elevate? How do we do it? Where do we want to – like you said – what are the endpoints we want to get to? Okay, now let's book backwards and get there. And I think that's why I have faith that whatever this tournament and they're doing double elimination because mm-hmm. they're stretching it out because yeah. they don't know when this COVID shit's going to end. So you tape as much as you can, you know? And, you know, as long as these people are tested and, you know, kept in a bubble, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't care, dude. They could wrestle, yeah, every week in, a, in their little bubble if they want to. Yeah, I don't care. They could, they could have t- filmed the 27 wrestling shows. Uh, over a yeah. weekend span. Who gives a shit? Yeah. If you're bubble, I don't and, care. And they claim that they tested. They claim that they were in a, a hotel bubble. I'm good with that. You know, if we find out they're lying and they're being irresponsible or whatever the fuck. All right. Let's have that conversation. But, you know, if they're testing everyone and then keeping them in a bubble, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Keep taping them because I'm enjoying them. Yeah, I love I like the hell out of them. So as long as no one's getting hurt, no one's getting sick and no one's spreading the virus, I don't, I'm good. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll have to see. I mean, I, I, I guess they're going to slow roll the announcements of who's in the tournament, but Rev Pro remains. I mean, look, if these shows stunk, I'd stop watching them and stop reviewing them. Yeah. But they've been good every time, so we're going to keep talking about them until they stink. All right, and that is it for us here on Voices of Wrestling. Again, VoicesOfWrestling.com, uh, at Voices Wrestling on Twitter, VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord uh, to uh, chat with us. Uh, of course, Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. tier, $10 gets you everything, including these live shows. You could have listened to this show live. It gives you every other live content we do. $5 gets you all the other upgrades. Uh, As we mentioned, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling or voice of wrestling.com slash Patreon, whichever one you'd like. Uh, And that's it for us. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Krejci. We'll talk to you next time on the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast. Take care.